Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Drop Frames. Rami finally got the memo after seven years or however long you've been coming on the show. The beard has arrived. It, it happened. It happened. The TSA stole my shaving gear and uh, then we, I had a beard. Zeke slipped him some money and uh, it finally happened. Yeah. Finally, finally happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Uh, did you lose yeah. everything? Like, what, what are we talking here? You say shaving gear. As three bearded men, that can mean a lot of different things. What are we doing here? Right. Just literally the entire back holding everything I have to keep track of facial hair. Okay. So, so like a straight uh, edge? Are we talking, are there some electronics involved here? What are we doing? Mostly, most, mostly electronics and, uh, and what do you call the, the, just the hat ones? Straight edge. Yeah. Straight edge. Right. You call them straight edge? Great. Unless that you're one. using like a Mach 3 or something. No, just, a, you know, one of the curved, curved blades. Yeah. Straight edge. Yeah. Yeah. Scimitar? No, no, the one. Yeah, scimitar. Yeah, that's yeah, the scimitar one. Scimitar in his one. bag. Well, that's yeah. why they probably took it. Oh, well, there's know. your problem then. It's not allowed. <laughs> you no. can't be bringing holding oh. swords onto a flight. We can't. Yeah, you're even not have, allowed to brandish. I even have thematic Arabic music. No. If you like grab the blade and it just plays the music, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a big, <laughs> big problem. Oh. Big problem. Yeah. 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 No, the uh, did the. Now, do they confiscate it at like at the gate, or do they confiscate it out of your bag, like out of your like carry or uh, your uh, 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 out of my bag? I think they just forgot to put it back in. They, it, they went and took it through a second round of checks, and it just didn't come out again. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so like, that was an accident. That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, it's that. Oh God, there's a. Uh, I don't remember what it's from, but. Uh, the guy, some some character in a movie is talking to the guy from, from TSA, and he's like, nine times out of ten, it's just just a a, a clip like a pair of clippers. Right. Every once in a while, it's a dildo. But, uh, and guarantee it wasn't. It wasn't in my case. <laughs> like, are you are you like a hundred percent sure, Rami, that that wasn't the case? I was I was incredibly sure. Do you have a witness sure. that can verify uh, that it wasn't the case? Yeah, but they work at the TSA, and I don't know their name, okay, but I do well, know they have really good Rami, safety I'm here sure. now. Hey, Rami, you know. I'm, I'm just going to need you to come over here. We're going to need to search your pockets. Yeah, is, we, you're, I mean, I'm so feeling... I'm so used to this that this does Guys, not impress me. Like, go right ahead. Here. Like here. You can check them right now. Yeah. Like here, so yeah. Here, there. <laughs> I can, All right, so here. we're going to need you to walk through. Put your hands like this and put them up. Yep, here we go. Get a rotate. Here we go. Please stand on the two feet. All right. There we go. Yeah. Now I'm, yeah, I'm ready take for drop frames, guys. The back of my hand, and I'm going to sweep it in a very, very quick clinical style in the in your bathing suit area, just real quick. And only and only to, there repeatedly. Any junk? I can't believe you don't well, have like some PTSD built wow. up over all this wrong. <laughs> at, at, at this point, I'm just used to it, which is the worst part. Like, I remember I was at E3 a few years ago, and I walked into the building, and I got this really weird feeling. Just this unpleasant, uncomfortable feeling. And I suddenly went like, I haven't been checked. Wait, if I can get in, who else can get in? That's true. <laughs> it was just really weird feeling. I'm like, clearly security ain't here, because I wasn't racismed. So where's security? <laughs> It was the weirdest feeling. 
Ugh. And that's why you went and reported it, and now E3's dead. Thanks, Rami. And now E3 is dead. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I did report that. Due actually. to security concerns, we've canceled E3 this year. Yeah, it's um, we finally found the you know hard hitting journalism drop frames here. Uh, we found that, it. That's we it. Got it. It was not Keeley. It was actually <laughs> Ismail. It wasn't no. even Keeley. It was just E3 killed E3. Yeah, it's no, like 100%. Yeah. the worst self inflicted wound in the history of mankind. Correct. Okay. Uh, while we've segued directly into this, I'm very interested in your opinion on this, Rami. So. They immediately announced that E3 was gone this year and then quickly followed up with, we will be back better than ever at a future time. When you heard that, what did you immediately think? Well, uh, three options, right? Like option A is electronic entertainment expo, right? Nice. Yes. 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 Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Go ahead. <laughs> so option one is they're skipping a year. Option mm-hmm. two is they have somehow found a plan to make it better. Option three is they're getting acquired. Oh God! What it's if one Cock Media three. buys them? Oh ah! no! <laughs> That's great. I hope they do. Do, you, do you think we could see them kind of like devolve back into what they were before they went public back in the day, like where they were more behind closed door industry kind of thing? I, th- I think so. I think so. Like, I mean, it seems it seems possible that they just went, okay, you know what? This ain't working. We're going to go back to something smaller. And that's a really real option. But sort of the, the three options that exist is either they're bluffing, uh, you know, and they'll, they'll be back better than ever, but they're the same people doing the same thing, and it's going to be miserable and super die instead of just die. Um, <laughs> option two is they have a plan and they just couldn't put it in place this year, which doesn't seem very likely because it, you know, like why would they skip a year with that? And option three is just, it's not going to be the same people anymore. So, you know, somebody gets E3 and I think, you know, given the dropping value and the amount of acquisitions, it's possible, but yeah, I don't know. Like there's a lot of big companies buying events at the moment as well. So, yeah see what happens well, but at least it's what, not like, there this year isn't that what like expos are normally aren't they normally like industry stuff like if you go to like a i don't know fucking a vacuum sales like expo like it's just for vacuum sales like people like like representatives from hoover will be there and dyson will be there but like the public doesn't really like get involved in that i thought that's what like that's what gdc is were. in a lot of ways yeah yeah, yeah. Games. I mean, you've got conventions and conferences, and conferences tend to be for industry, and conventions tend to be for audiences. But uh, like, games is a little weird in that we have this weird, like, gray line between creators and play and and audience, right? Like, the people making stuff and the people playing stuff is kind of a weirdly soft line, I guess. Yeah. Gamescom has managed to run that line for. 15 years like that is true they, they have a business area they have an audience area they just haven't figured out their deodorant area but beyond that it's a good show <laughs> yeah is game three somehow has it have they said uh, i think so i think so let's see um but uh, it makes me want to imagine it is uh like if other uh, uh, other mediums were like video game like the video game medium <laughs> Where it's like they release a movie 
and enough people that are fans of the movie go to it and have bug reports like this doesn't work this i don't like this this sucks like and then the movie was like okay we're gonna release the movie again but this time we're gonna we took all your shit into consideration and here's your new movie and everybody's like no it sucks now the worst go back the way it was i mean to be fair like 30 times cats was definitely better pre-patch Mm. I don't know Sonic, if you watch though, that. Sonic actually post patch. Uh, Sonic one yeah. at least. Yeah. Sonic yeah. was patched yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, it was a good patch. That was a video game movie though. It's yeah, true. that is true. That's probably why the social game... media thought they could get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a video game because it's a video game movie, right? It's it's the same thing. They could fix it. I'd love to go to a movie and have to sit there for five minutes while the movie updates. <laughs> anything you're just sitting there going oh fuck the projector's gotta update yep son of a bitch oh now the seat the scene has to update now oh god i just <laughs> want to watch this movie chat says i wish they'd i wish they'd patch the halo tv show. <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to uh... turn it into actually a halo show it's still not Ooh. it's just a science fiction show right now with halo things in it have you watched that yet rami don't do spoilers mm. we don't we don't need to go back to it but uh have you talked have you watched halo at all rami yes okay all oh, wait are you like caught it. up i'm not caught up i'm i'm i gave up oh you gave up i'm out i'm, out. I'm, after I'm one? done uh was yeah, it the after, butt rami basically after the first one but the second one really like sealed the deal okay um yeah i'm i'm out i have i'll i'll watch i'll watch moon knight i'm enjoying that but halo i'm i'm done with okay all right if at the end everybody says like no it turned around it got good sure i'll go back and watch it but for now my 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 trust was already pretty low for it it's it's sub-zero at this point yeah yeah we'll see i haven't watched third episode yet but uh i've heard some things i've saw i've seen some twitter uh, yeah i've seen some tweets about it uh pretty divisive apparently so i don't know i might i might check that out tonight so jp just just real quick for anybody who's noticing can you there's a little tiny line oh yeah yeah i'll just just physically fix that hey you fixed Ah, it wow oh no Well, oh, dude! In my last, in my last studio, the, I had one of the pull-up Elgato streams. That's what streams, I've got, yeah. And I literally had it sitting like three inches behind my chair, and no matter what I did, it was always one side every single yeah. day. It was like someone came in while I was sleeping and just every day, like one direction. I never could get it. Yep. I mean, this is the only show that I use a green screen for now. So it, it's I do that every Sunday, where it's like, oh, it's off by one pixel. Oh, it's a, or yeah, I finally just said and painted the whole wall like I it's did like that. it's like three feet on each side yeah <laughs> i was living in the snot room nope. and then i was like well i'm i'm good i'm gonna actually have a room now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we uh, kind of we flip-flopped there co we did a little flip-flopping yeah. but i yeah. uh i had you know i've had to adjust i've been using a green screen since i started and uh you know you get like real sensitive about stuff i don't know if you saw the the post on twitter that i put out where i was like what what is that? There's some light shining on my oh, your phone. Thing. 
No, it was the mouse. There's a mouse cursor on the screen that I thought was my green screen. Oh my a, god! Having a hole in it, <laughs> or having like a light, like pinpoint oh, light. In OBS. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I was looking at OBS, I'm like, "There's something wrong with my green screen. There's a light. There's a bright white spot right here." And I Zeke, don't know um, where it's coming from. I think me and Co quick, are about to go question. the same direction quick here. Question: Zeke, Co, please. Are, are you actually a cat? Oh, I, okay. <laughs> I I just listen, dude. I've had to deal with green screen shit for so long because I ref, I, I guess I just refuse to get it right, or it refuses to stay, you know, the way I want it. Yeah. Like any little like black dot fuzz, white spot like. It just, I can't let it go. Mm. And I assume that it's something I did and fucked up. Like, always. It's always something I fucked up. Mm. So that, just like... And the realization that it was the mouse was... It was a great moment for me. So it's always, always about you. It's sounding more and more like you're a cat. I'm not gonna lie, this isn't helping your case. Yeah. He saw cats and it changed his life. It, well, sorry, that's it's, true. It all that is that. Cats. <laughs> sure. aside, that's, that's fucking that's, true. That's I, I had to write a diary about it. Like, <laughs> right. that's how much it changed my life. Yeah, that was oh amazing. God, that by movie. the way, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it was a very. Good. That's all I've ever done. The most I've ever been experienced to cats in any medium is Zeke's tweet on cats. Yes, that is. The, I've never seen the play. I've never seen the movie or nothing. Just that tweet thread, and that's all I've needed to see. I don't feel the need to see it anymore. If this says anything to you, the only other time I felt compelled to keep a, a, a diary about my experience was at Ikea. My first time at Ikea. Really good thread. So, yeah. like, oh my God. there's these rare moments in your life where you need other people to understand it changes you. <laughs> sure. I get it. Makes a lot of sense. We... Ikea? I... I watched that movie at the end of a long day of cinema. I have a friend, and every now and then, me and him, we we do a cinema day, and we just try to fit as many movies into one day as possible at a cinema. And we had that day, we started with Knives Out. Okay. And we came out of that just so incredibly impressed. And then there was Star Wars, uh, whatever, the Skywalker one, the final one. Okay. Uh, The last Skywalker. We came out of that. It, whatever it was, Last the, the, the yeah. Sky, Skywalker, the final one, we came out of that not very happy. Sure. Then we watched Bad Boys for Life. Ooh. We came out of that pretty hyped again. And then we went into Cats, and we were shell-shocked for the rest of the day. We just came out of that movie just being like... I've heard it. it's an experience. I refuse to watch it. I've it's, been offered it's gonna be okay, to watch bro. it multiple times. I refuse. It's going to be okay, buddy. I'm not ready it's for gonna that. It's going to be okay, man. I, listen, I don't listen. know, man. Now that okay. Go is saying you're a cat, I'm terrified. It's really it's really <laughs> intense right now. It gets less and less intense as, as the time goes by, man. But listen, I'm here. If you need to call me, I'll come get you. We'll, we'll, go, we'll, go, we'll go to a dog park. We'll do the opposite <laughs> of cats. Please, please help me. Is Have you guys seen the most recent Blade Runner? Uh, yeah. the scene where he, he repeats the lines to like make sure he's he's still functioning or whatever is a robot. The I forgot what it is. The AI test thing. Is that what Cats is, but for furries? Like, do you go see Cats and it's like you either come out one way or another way from Cats? 
Is that accurate? <laughs> oh, the dividing line? Yeah. The line in the sand? Is that the line? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys both went on one line, so it, it seems like that's at least accurate. I, I don't think... I don't think anybody came out of that completely correct. Unscathed. So, someone said, just, no, even furries hated what they did. Okay. All right. The I furry mean, community has spoken. so weird to see, like, Judy Dench as, like, a cat, but her arms were human and she was wearing a wristband, a wristwatch. And, like, terrifying. Dude. You I just really, like, wristwatch. you read my, like, one of, the, one of the lines from my diary was, Judy Dench is here she'll save this movie and then two lines later <laughs> no i was wrong about judy dench <laughs> she did not save the movie she didn't do anything neither did ian mckellen like now, oh my I, god there's so many great names in this <laughs> i've always had a question about what? cats are they supposed to be human-sized cats or human faces on cat-sized cats they're cats they are playing cats so they're they're cat-sized cats in, yes. in the lore okay they're, Yes. All right. Every, oh, if you've never seen it, like everything is blown up big. Like. Oh, okay. So they do the the honey, I shrunk the yeah. kids thing. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. For the most part. Got and it. then, that is the last thing that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Noted. Oh my god. Noted. Nothing else makes sense except for like they kind of try to play with the proportion of cat-sized cats, but you know, obviously they're humans playing them. Because they make, like, things bigger, like shoes and, and countertops and, like, everything else. Like, it's it's proportionally sized. But after that, like, all... just throw logic, reason, uh, plot. Uh-huh. Uh, they also just have, like, way too sensual dances costumes. with cats. And, like, just, like, these are, like, horny cats as well. Like, it's just messed up. The whole thing is messed up. That kind of is uh, pretty on. Pretty spot. <laughs> like, cats are... Horny dogs, horn dogs. These, these are very horny cats. Like, <laughs> just happen to be Ian McKellen and Judy Dench as well. And it's, I know. It's not, oh, like I those know. specifically <laughs> are just like really sir all of them. Dame. Sir Man. and Dame. I'm learning a lot about this this film today. Um, oh God, Idris Elba. Well, like, yeah, Idris Elba's in knuckles. There. Yep. Knuckles himself. <laughs> that was a gateway, apparently. Idris Elba had something awakened in him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did he it the right way. Like, I mean, cats to, cats, cats to echidna are like it's echidna. a natural progression. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how you have to do it, right? Like, if you want to be, like, if you want to get, like, do whatever you want, first you establish yourself as a serious, respected, and respectable actor. Like, then whatever the fuck you want after that. Like, once you, like, have established yourself, like, I can do serious, good, hard-hitting, like, drama and stuff. Now I'm gonna go do fucking Cats and Sonic. Can I just say how much I love looking over in chat and seeing, like, a near-first-time chat and be like, this show is weird. (laughs) (laughs) We're spreading the word. I thought this was about streaming and games. What's going on? You always talk about it? I mean, I... I will the say, first half of Tom Frames has always been like a slice of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more slice of life. That's true. That's true. If we can do a commentary stream of us watching cats, I would love me and Zeke just watching you two watch. What cats are you saying, and... Rami? 
No, what are you just, saying? I don't. I don't want to see the movie. I will watch. The lions, the, I'll go back. And I don't want to go back. I don't want to watch the movie before I watch Cats. Like that's that's uh, that's it's off watch limits. Them watch it. As long as we all can watch Morbius afterwards, then I might agree. Oh to boy, it. what what's that? That uh, that Morbius flick with Jared Leto that just came out. Oh oh, oh I've heard of yeah. horrible things. Yeah. Oh man. We'll, we'll get yeah. uh, we'll get Jesse and and Bronze in on that as well. It'll be a shit show. No, Rami, if you want me that to happen, you're gonna have to clockwork orange me. You're gonna have to like fucking strap me down, <laughs> fucking eye opener things, eye drops and shit okay. like that. I'm in. I'm in. Any tool or else and chains underneath it. Yeah, because I love right I love here. that music and I don't want to hate it for the rest of my life. <laughs> send send me your address and I'll I'll bring the gear. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's that about roosters? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Where do we want to go from here? <laughs> we could really go anywhere. We could yeah, really no go single. anywhere. Uh, we you could know, talk I about something down. Uh, I re- actually wrote something down um, that I think is appropriate now more than ever. Uh, it says because I thought it would be an interesting topic for okay. for Rami. Said, Why do you keep coming back, Rami? <laughs> I kind of, why, why do you keep coming back to drop frame? I yeah. trick him every time. I get, uh, every single time I say, hey, Rami, click this link. It'll be great. And then he's on the show. We don't, right. he doesn't even agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was about to have dinner. No, I can't have dinner. It's Ramadan. But yeah, um, true. Yeah, no, I just, it's always a mess. And I love that. <laughs> just, Fair enough. Just show up. Never know what's going to happen. Sometimes it's three hours of serious video game talk. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. three hours of complete nonsense. And then there's the chat. Yeah, and I love the chat too. So right now, just yeah. cozy. That's good. That's good. Plus, I'm not in a box of shame this time, so that's cool. Oh, that's that right. Very nice. Ah, the beard uh, helped with that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah that was, that's uh, what the difference is. It is. That's the big difference for sure. Yeah. Uh, we can then. talk GDC. You were there. We haven't really. I think uh, we had. Was Khalif on when he was it, or maybe that was prior to GDC? I forget. I don't think we've talked about it yet. How was okay. uh, the old GDC? What What's the state of the industry, Rami, from your eyes? Uh, I survived. Okay. Uh, came out yeah, it without was, COVID. Good job. Yeah, that, that was apparently pretty rare. Um, yeah, no, the state of the industry is confused, I think, is, the, is honestly the truth. Like, I think a lot of people want things to be going better than they are. Is that the right way of saying it? Like, in terms of the games industry or like everything in the world? <laughs> games, game development. Well, everything in the world, but mostly the games industry. Uh, it was also weird because, you know, I don't, I don't know, but like I traveled, I used to travel to a lot of conferences pre-COVID. Yeah. And you get this thing that are sort of like transient friendships, right? They happen while you're at the conference. And then when you're gone, you don't talk to each other until you see each other at the next conference. So you say hi with like, hey, so how have things been? You get like the three to six month update on somebody's life. And then you continue the conversations as if that moment passed in the last week, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just friends for that week. And then you stop being friends until you see each other again. And it was really weird that um, we tried to do that, but two and a half years have passed. So you go like, so how are you? Yeah. And people go like, well, I, I had two kids. I launched two games. <laughs> I moved country, uh, and it's just like, so there was a lot of like, 
whoa, what uh, happening this GDC? I think a lot of the industry is sort of like trying to reckon with all the, the harassment, abuse, blah, 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 all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of unionization talk. Sure. Like all that stuff. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of people talking about games that came out a year and a half ago. I guess, <laughs> I guess we didn't really have the time or the conversation. Yeah, we never general. really had the opportunity to talk about those things. Um, it was full, and I mean full, of NFT and Metacritic boots. Really? That <clears throat> just really wanted to sell NFT and, and uh, not oh, Metacritic. Oh, by boots, Metacritic you mean stuff. like people peddling Oh NFT. yeah, yeah, but also boots. People bought boots on the show floor to peddle that stuff. <laughs> Said these come ridiculous. with the NFT attached to them. You can collect it later yeah. online. Yeah, uh, I think I had like cool. eleven meetings that just ended up being people like, "So, have you heard of NFTs?" And I'm like, "Yes, thank you very much." Anyway, I'm going to grab some lunch. Bye. So you're saying it's uh, going to get so- worse before it gets better I'm, with the NFT think- situation, at least. Yeah. I mean, it, it's obvious that every company has to try it. And yeah. I think it's it's sort of normalizing in the industry. Like, we're getting sort of desensitized to seeing it, which is always bad news. Oh, look at Dr. Disrespect. fighting it. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that, that yeah. may be the, the shoe-in uh, for, like, standardized uh, NFT stuff. Yeah. 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 I was actually, like, kind of excited. Because when, when he started his project, it was like, oh, okay, so he's got, you know, this multi-million dollar company. He's going to try NFTs. He's a gamer. He knows how much gamers hate them. So maybe this is going to be like an actual interesting implementation, right? Like maybe this is going to be something to kind of like change the, the scope and everything. And then like two weeks later, he was like, so check out this drop of random hair with random background, with random gun, with random face image. Everyone's getting them. Awesome. And it's like, oh, great. It's literally the doctor disrespect board face yacht club like yep okay here we yeah it, here we are it's gonna happen right. like every company is gonna try them and it's gonna be exactly as co described where it's just every time it's gonna be the exact same thing being sold as a different as a different uh phrase i think there's some companies trying to do more interesting things with nft but the honest truth is with nft is there is nothing an nft does that you can't do better with already existing technology yeah like anything game related is not going to be better for having nfts because for an nft to work in a project the code has to be able to trust it right the code needs to know that this is valid and safe at which point you need a signing authority or somebody who signs off on the nft being true which is the opposite of decentralization, which is what an NFT is meant to be. So if there's an authority, if that authority shuts down, then your NFT is suddenly stops being of any value. Which is what so happened the whole idea of a game last week. Yeah. Like the racing game. The ra- F1 game. Yeah, it shut down. Someone bought right. an NFT in 2017 for $110,000, and now it's literally worth zero because it yep. doesn't. the game doesn't. Shut it down. So that's, so that's the thing. It just doesn't. It wow. For NFTs to work, we need to reorganize the entire games industry from the ground up to have every games company agree on what this NFT thing is. Then all agree that we're going to use that one, and then all 
have some sort of centralized place where we can save that data and make sure that it's safe. We can't even figure out. We can't even figure out in our own games how to like Destiny One and Two. Between those two, they redid every item, right? Because they wouldn't work in Destiny Two. I love how you're like Weird. the one thing that NFTs need to function is that thing that they're supposed to not be doing, right? That's like it's exactly. like it's like from the beginning, it is inherently foundationally fundamentally flawed. Yeah, um, a centralization for a decentralized thing. We really need to centralize this decentralization. So <laughs> I think it's important. I didn't, uh, I, I didn't research this too much, so this is hot off the uh, at least my the, the news that I'm reading. They're putting NFTs into Dungeons and Dragons, uh, initially, yeah, like they've come out and announced a web three company is building a 5e tabletop rpg on chain uh the actual system is uh according to gizmodo says that product which nobody outside the company has yet seen is a digital platform meant to allow fans of the tabletop role-playing game dungeons and dragons to role play using nfts indicative of player characters nft dash pcs uh, and then save the details of their gameplay wait, adventures wait, wait. on the Stop. blockchain. Stop. Increase... NFT PC? Yeah, NFT PC. Is, is, that, is that an NPC? Non-fungible on... tokens player characters is what that stands for. Um, I'm up. And then it says, and then save the details of their gameplay adventures on the blockchain, increasing the complexity and the value of the NFT. They call this a, quote, play-to-progress system. So all still... it is is just a cloud service to save character stats <laughs> But they're attaching to NFTs. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just cannot, ex- I cannot express enough how much I loathe NFT PC. <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst thing I've heard, like in a month. And bad shit has happened this month. But NFT PC. <laughs> NFT PC. Oh, it's okay. Somebody wrote that. Somebody <clears throat> signed up. Some marketing person went like, "Yes." Yeah. I'm That's just it. glad, like. I am not, uh, I'm not young and as gullible as I used to be. Like, I'm just remembering, like, I have a whole, like, I have bags of of marbles and pogs. I have paintball gear, like, shit that I've gotten into over the years that is just now garbage taking up space in my, uh, you know, storage (laughs) facility or my my, uh, shed or whatever. Thankfully, I did not come around like nfts didn't come around when i was like that of that mind like oh i'm gonna play paintball every day like oh these are gonna be great nfts are gonna be great like they're gonna be worth so much man i i need to read this out loud this is uh so the the system is called grip near grip nr i guess is how you pronounce that I, this is a long thing. Okay, so Gripnir, a reference to the mythological Glipnir in Chain and Norse stories, is a Web3 tabletop RPG uh, game currently in development led by Comer, four handpicked tech supporters, and one tabletop RPG writer. Right now, the company is in the process of preparing its game content, mainly writing by Gripnir's lead game designer, Stephen Radney McFarlane, a blah, blah, blah. Uh, he worked for Paizo's Pathfinder and as well as D&D. Uh, his work will include lore and maps of the fantasy world called The Glimmering, after this is complete, Gripner plans to generate 10,000 random D&D player characters, PCs, assign a, quote, rarity to a certain aspect of each, such as ancestry and class, and mint them as NFTs. 
Each NFT will include character stats and a randomly generated portrait of the PC designed in a process overseen by Gripner's lead artist, Justin Kammerer. Additional NFTs will be minted to represent weapons and equipment. Next, Gripner will build a system for recording game progress on the Polygon blockchain. Players will log into the system and play an adventure under the supervision of a Gripner certified game master. After each game session is over, the outcome will be logged on chain, putting data back onto each NFT via a contract protocol that will allow a single NFT to become a long record of the character's progression. Gripner will distribute the cryptocurrency Opal to GMs and players as in-game capital. Any loot weapons or items garnered in-game will be minted as new sellable NFTs on OpenSea, a popular NFT marketplace. As PCs gain levels in-game, Gripner asserts that their associated NFTs will become more valuable, and when they are resold, the owner and any creative who contributed to the associated portrait will receive a cut of the sale price. Homer says this could mean as many as 10 people could conceivably receive money from each sale, but could not provide percentages that each creative might receive. What the fuck? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, continue, let me continue this one more paragraph. Unfortunately... Writing data to a blockchain isn't as simple as writing hit points in pencil on a well-worn paper character sheet. Every time a user wants to perform a function on the Polygon blockchain, like adjusting the character level on an NFT PC, they have to pay a gas fee. A tiny charge that helps fund the computational resources required to make the change. For every single change of any stat? <laughs> you have to pay to level up. Yeah, no, it says this means on the Gripner protocol, there will be two gas fees per game that players must pay. Gripner says it'll keep fees down by operating on Polygon rather than another more popular blockchain server system like Ethereum or on this later. So in order okay. to play on the Gripner protocol, players will not only have to purchase a Gripner NFT PC, they'll also have to buy or earn Opal to pay for a game session or make purchases of digital goods such as items and adventures. Those purchases somebody, will help keep the tech company running. Somebody asked in chat or somebody stated in chat, that we're saying this is D&D, but this is not actually Wizards of the... This is not, like, the actual D&D people. This is somebody yeah. who's using D&D for their own project. Is that... I'm reading further here. Uh, it looks like it's this company called Gripner, and it has nothing to do with Hasbro. Okay. Yeah, so we got to be careful. This is not the D&D that's doing this. This is some company that's looking to exploit it for their own gains. Yeah, they... So... They yeah. actually reached out to Wizards, who's the company behind Dungeons and Dragons, and said, "We do not, uh, we do not allow third parties to misappropriate our valuable intellectual property and take appropriate steps when necessary." So, <laughs> so Wizards was like, "Yeah, we're gonna shut that shit down." Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. The, you have to pay to level up. <laughs> yeah. You're still stuck on that. Yeah, yeah you're right. The article is pretty long on Gizmodo. This came out. Uh, friday so the article is called nfts are here to ruin D D." they're just straight up about it anyways that that's wild it's crazy there you go yeah wow. so what NFTs other fun remind me of of like nfts remind me of uh a lesson i learned playing playing uh poker playing text hold'em because uh, i was into that for a while and uh, one of the biggest rules is, if you can't spot the sucker at the table, it's you. <laughs> it's you. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like. Very true. All the NFT people who are creating it are like, yeah. And then someone's like, 
hey, what's an NFT? I got money to spend. Like, but dude, well, I mean, it's the, it, it it didn't exactly help. Again, like the bit that we that we have projects like by Doctor Disrespect, but then we also have famous people that have no idea what they're doing, going on shows, talking about spending huge amounts of money for them. Of course, then there are plethora of eyes that are on that are like, oh, what are NFTs? The guy I like likes them. You know, like I should go buy some. And yeah, now here we are. So the so, yeah. <clears throat> the scary part about all this, and I think why people are, are worried that Hasbro slash Wizards will actually get involved, is the CEO of Hasbro, Brian Goldner, has come out and said that his company is working on NFT technology and that it could be applied to collectibles in the company's portfolio including magic the gathering this was on april 27th and they right. said of NF- last year right? yeah nfts are a real opportunity for us as you know we have so many brands that really operate on multiple demographic levels whether it's transformers whether it's magic and the D brand and brands like gi joe we have a team that is leading our effort out on the west coast we have our arms around this and see multiple opportunities on the nft side and you'll hear more about that as we move forward but as we are well... actively developing our opportunities here we do see it as substantial well, to be fair, Magic the Gathering was child gambling. Uh, you know, we didn't know that was what it was. Yeah. But, like, when I was buying packs of Revised, you know, and Ice Age and all that shit, I was, like, that's the first rush of gambling I ever got. I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I, got, I got 10 bucks. And, yes, I could buy three packs with 10 bucks. I'm going to go buy three packs of Magic. You pull it, you're like, God, no. Nah. Ah! Oh, yeah. Royal Assassin, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. All right. I gotta. It, I gotta close that. That's gonna make me more right. depressed. But yeah. So that was GDC. <laughs> that was GDC for. Oh me. wait. It was a lot of people pitching exactly that to me. Sure. Yeah. What'd you find, Co? Quick side thing before we continue. Um, somebody in in chat actually just said, "Sussy Scotty, Rich Stoddart is actually the new CEO, so that could change." So, oh. Okay. Mm, since then maybe we've had a realignment (laughs) in like 17 days they have a brand new ceo okay was that april of last year you said april 27th or was that march 27th i want to say that was april let's because i thought we had talked about the magic thing a while back oh that was april of last year good catch yeah yeah i stopped reading after i saw april cool okay so maybe maybe they're gonna realign i will say i will say well maybe not for that but it i will say that it would like especially with as much as they're already kind of in that space not in the light, the best of terms. Um, if they were to start pushing NFT stuff, that would probably, especially with everything else going on, probably not be the best. You know? Well, and, that was... and 100% correct. And I also think like as involved as I was in the D&D space, especially on Twitter, that you don't want to hit that hornet's nest. Like that, they will, that'll be a huge reckoning for all of reckoning. the wizards. Like it'll go down not well. <laughs> It'll be really bad. Um, right. And also Magic players as well would probably throw just as big of a, a social media fit. Rightfully so. Not saying that there's, there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, you just got pitched a lot of NFT stuff, huh? Yeah, and a lot of people asked me if I had NFT stuff to pitch. Yeah. It's just, was it that like a trick to see where you, is that how you opened with, with friends? <laughs> so you're yeah. going into NFT and then they just hit you. Any, <laughs> how, how are you feeling about Web3, huh? Yeah, you like it? <laughs> <laughs> you just get disappeared. Wake what's, up all, what's, your, what's your wallet you looking one. like these days? You got one, <laughs> get him. Yeah. Where's, you got where's one of those cool hexagon Twitter things? 
You get transported to the the anti Illumina the anti Web three Illuminati, whoever's controlling right. that. No, I think I think it's just because a lot of so there's a lot of people walking around with money at JDC uh, to to invest in stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I think with NFT right now, definitely there's a lot of people who know that it's gonna die, but they believe that there's enough time to make some money off of it. And that seems to be sort of general, like the general, uh, the general consensus seems to be like, it ain't going away anymore. Mm. Like blockchain, it, it it ain't going away. Like it's it's going to be a part of things, but there's a smart way of applying blockchain, which is internal, right? It's not a public thing. It doesn't do interoperability. It doesn't do like, you don't save your character's level on the blockchain. You use it to do what blockchain was meant for, which is basically basic account management and like process management. And companies like Mercedes-Benz and BMW and all these car brands are using blockchain internally. They're they're great for that. They're incredible. They're they're super good. But as soon as you make them this public thing that people trade on, it stops making sense because there's no authority and people say it's decentralized. And then every single NFT thing points at OpenSea. If OpenSea goes away, everything breaks down. Like if OpenSea dies, that's the end of NFTs as we know them right now. And so. that also means that any policy things, any hot water that side, like you basically anchor not only your systems to it, but you anchor your public image, your support. Like at that point, it's like if you anchor your product to OpenSea and then something happens to OpenSea or some horrible things comes out and they start, you know, like their entire company gets set on fire publicly, you then have to either support that or just dump the whole NFT product from your system. Like, so it, it becomes so messy. Everything just becomes messy. Yeah, well, yeah. Open, then OpenSea gets hacked, exactly. Or something right. terrible happens. Well, it, uh, the, from a legal perspective, for example, all this NFT interoperability stuff, like what if somebody puts some like hardcore illegal content instead of a JPEG that was already there? Right. And now your go- game loads that information and a 13-year-old sees it. Sure. Are you yeah. legally cool. responsible? Because the kids you're playing your game and the parents are definitely going to sue you for displaying it to your kid. You're going to have to argue that it was OpenSea that accidentally let that through and that they didn't moderate it correctly and that's why your 13-year-old was ex- like exposed to some inappropriate cats fan fiction imagery um which is just an image of judy dench and idris elba from cats there's no alteration to the image any gel from that movie it's inappropriate no one should watch that third cats reference good job everyone (laughs) but yeah um that basically uh, like uh, legally it doesn't make sense economically it doesn't make sense technologically it doesn't make sense but my god there's a ridiculous amount of money in there right now sure so a lot of people are just like okay we'll do one nft project we'll take a giant bag of money and then nfts will be dead yeah but just like at the same who's time who's holding it's that 100k bag from the f1 project right now right <laughs> someone is right. and they're and they're like cool that yeah. was that was easy that was fun that's right that's right. So yeah, uh, that was depressing. It was really good seeing the industry again, though. It was really good seeing people again. Like you know, COVID was a, a genuine like problem at GDC, and it was poorly handled by the organizers, I would say. Um, but it was also at such a skill that I think, in hindsight, you probably should have seen it coming. 
um, a larger, uh, smaller shows did not have similar like super spreader properties. So I think we should probably keep it to much smaller shows for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was good seeing games win awards, right? Um, um, uh, wow. Inscription is, is, I think, maybe where you're going. One a ton. Yeah, Inscription yeah. one a ton. Unpacking one a ton. That was really good to see. Independent Games did super good in 2021. Um, well, I have the BAFTA page open if that's what we're. Yeah, yeah. I've right. watched it. it, yeah. it was yesterday, right? Or uh, that was Friday, Thursday, or I think it was Thursday. Somewhere late last week. Yeah, I think it was Thursday. Uh, they streamed it. Best live. animation uh, goes to Ratchet and Clank. Artful Escape gets artistic achievement. Uh, Returnal gets audio achievement, and then uh, Returnal gets best game. Yep. They also took home best uh, lead actor or performance by lead actor um, for Returnal. Returnal did a bunch of great stuff. Yeah. Ba- Bafta. Uh, Returnal was very big at the Baftas. Essentially. Yeah. It won a lot. Uh, unpacking yeah. was the big surprise. And Perry. There. Yeah, yeah Perry, that was former name. in a leading role, and then Kimberly Brooks, performer in a supporting role. Uh, Loop, was that Death Loop or? I no, Death that Loop? was yeah, could have been. I forget, I forget what the other one was for. I don't think Death Loop took home a single award. Actually, Psychonauts. Yeah, that right? Psychonauts. That's right. She played Hollis or Hollis, the the voice oh, actor for okay. Hollis. Okay. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. If you're looking for 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 everyone that says like where are the award shows that focus on the awards that was the Baptist it was an hour and a half of just nonstop awards right there was no trailers there's no it is just awards and GDC and was awards fine. was that too yeah. Right? yeah yeah it just turns out that most of the audience doesn't actually want that right right <laughs> it's, it's like you can watch a bunch of people win awards for games you already know about like it's nice but it's it's not super interesting as a show right. Uh, in terms of just like outside of NFTs and and the future, I guess of games are. Did you see some cool stuff that you can't talk about? Is are you at least excited for the future of that? Yeah, I think I think mostly what I what I felt at GDC is sort of like a um, uh, a lot of people are. So one thing that's been really cool in the games industry is just I don't know how to say this politely, and I I don't know how to say it in a way that doesn't sound a little bit. Uh, don't worry, that's mean, me. Every like, go ahead. All right. Uh I think Triple A is like really bleeding right now. Like it yeah. is not it is not doing well. Uh a lot of people are just incredibly tired of bad opportunities, not getting any not sharing in the success of the things they make from a work watching other people. Go, yeah. Watching people get get rich off of work they're doing. Um sort of seeing these NFTs slipping into their work uh return to the office like all sorts of stuff like that so more than ever before you're seeing really talented people leave AAA and starting their own thing sure to, to like an unprecedented skill like the in 2010 when i started in in indie games sort of what we killed coming up was the the sort of middle ground games you were either a AAA and you had the money to compete or you were an indie and you didn't need money and if you were in the middle, you needed money, but you couldn't compete with AAA, so you died, right? Like that was it. Like your company went under. And right now, we're seeing the inverse happen. It's increasingly hard to compete with AAA budgets. So even the AAAs are starting to try smaller projects because you just can't keep up with with quadruple A nonsense, right? Yeah. And for indies, making 
cheap games, you can do that, but it's not going to make money, right? Because it's unlikely that people will play it because there's just so much competition. So right now we're actually seeing a, a full resurrection of that middle space. And that's where a lot of these people are going. And that's where a lot of these people are finding money and they're finding each other and they're sort of trying to do better. And I think a lot of the best games of the next two to five years are going to come from things like that, where like three or four people that have worked with each other in the past are tired of working at their jobs and drop out. I think you'll see the most successful ones will be people who worked at different studios. And I think there will be a lot of, and we've seen that in the past few years already, where there's a lot of people who are like four people from Ubisoft left. They started a new company and made all the mistakes Ubisoft made just <laughs> as a small company. Um, sure. But yeah. Um, the the people who are bringing in like these different groups of people, combinations of indies, triple A's, uh, that's really where that that I think that's where gold is going to shine in our industry in the next few years, and I I can't wait. Sweet. That's going to be really exciting. Well, it's interesting that you say that because on the flip side of what you were just mentioning about the small studio, that's what happened to Arcane. The Arcane, like a, a group of Arcane guys, went out and they made Wolf Eye Studio, and now just at the end of last month, we got Weird West, which in a lot of ways was freaking awesome. And it's like, then they did their own thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it speaks very highly to what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, that part is going to be really fun. Someone in my chat asked, uh, wanted to know if you saw, or how many projects Rami saw using UE5. Yeah, let's talk about oh, Unreal. There was uh, the state of Unreal on Monday. Is everyone using lot. that? Everybody wants to be using it. <laughs> if you're not, like, for, for what, it is... What purposes? Because I, I watched the full 40-minute, 50-minute thing. Is it just ease of access? Is it like industry standard? Is it super simple to work with? It's that. It's also just it finally feels like an engine. I think a lot of people are just excited that this feels like stuff we want to be using. And I think for a very long time, and especially sort of the Unity, the Unity Unreal battle has sort of been fought over the last 10 years, 15 years. And... I think Unreal is pulling ahead, like like really pulling ahead at this point. Like the technology seems more accessible, the product seems more stable, the business case is more sensible. Um Yeah, I like Unity. I, I wish it would be doing better, but uh UE5 just seems to it seems a lot of people are just excited about what you can do with it at relatively low effort. Um and yeah, the the it's it's a really easy way to make your game look very good, very fast. Uh, they they're just very good at that. But um, I don't know. I I don't like it per se that they're getting ahead because I think it's healthy to have competing products. Yeah. Sorry, I was pulling up the. This is UE5 right here. This is um, from the Coalition, I think, at Xbox is what this is. Like a tech demo reel they put out during the video or during the, the live yeah. stream. Yeah, and this is this is cool, but this is kind of like the boring stuff, right? When you think about it, like th this is what UE has always been good at. Yeah. Rendering this kind of scene. Um. It's what this technology will allow us to do that doesn't look like that. That is the most interesting. 
because this is incredible this is beautiful it's gorgeous it's incredible right like look at that what the like look at that but at the same time this is just photorealism in in many ways and that's that's cool you still have to make a game <laughs> right yeah. but what can you do with this that yeah. is going to be interesting yeah um and i mean we saw this right we saw this before with the uh, with the order back when the ps4 came out right looked unlike anything that we had seen before but it wasn't necessarily the most interesting to play um it's just basically it's it's an interesting time for tech i think are you seeing or hearing like you're seeing xbox move over and they're using a lot more ue5 you're seeing a lot bigger games and, and bigger studios use ue5 but playstation's kind of doing its own thing and a lot of their first party studios are using their own thing is that do you think that'll stay the course where people will try to just try to use and stay with what they know instead of adopting this because it is a little bit of a shift it takes a little bit extra time to actually learn this on a, a studio level right i think i think what you'll see is you'll like with everything in games you'll see consolidation like more and more people will be using tech like this just because it takes less time to teach people mm. it takes less time to train people but uh, inertia is a really big issue in the games industry so whatever you're using is what you want to keep using if it's working mm. you only switch why if you can't with witcher do. 3 yeah oh when they when they announced it that they were they're gonna have to redo so much yeah. to switch engines so yeah yeah it's gonna be wild that's true you know what really won the war for for unreal and i mean i don't think the war is over yet but i think they're winning I think one thing that they did that was really, really clever is in Unreal, you have no real requirement to show the Unreal logo unless you're a game of a certain skill. Oh, you mean at boot? Like in boot? Yeah. And in Unity, you have no requirement to show the Unity logo unless you're under a certain skill. You're saying scale right scale like a scale of game a certain scale of commercial like yes he is Zeke. uh value okay. yeah yeah so the, um, the the playstations of the world have to put ue5 if it's going to be that size but the indies of the world don't have to put ue5 it's going to be an indie i think and in unity is the opposite way around yeah the license so unity stuff is unreal is huge too oh, go ahead i'm yeah. sorry so i was just going to say unity is the opposite because in Unity, until you have a commercial license, you have to put the Unity logo. Which means that all the bad, quickly made, crappy games have a Unity logo on it. And none of the ones made in Unreal have an Unreal logo in it. But then all the high quality stuff doesn't have the Unity logo on it because they paid the license. And for Unreal, everything that's good has the logo. So it's really weird. Yeah. It's... I've never actually considered the amount of logos that show on boot. Is that a big deal uh, for like AAA? Is, are there long drawn out email chains, conversations, meetings about all of that? Like who's going to get the boot, the boot logo? Uh, this is like a huge part of publishing contracts. Sure. Yeah. 
there, there will always be a clause that says like, hey, the publisher's logo has to be shown for at least three seconds or equivalent to the developer's logo in a size that is similar or larger than if there is a physical product, it needs to be on the front if the developer's logo is in the front. But if the developer's logo is not on the front, it has to be on the back. It has to be minimum this size. Like that's a huge part of those discussions. Uh, Peggy and ESRB have minimum amounts of time. I think it's three full seconds that they need to be on the screen. Um, those sequences are like super negotiated. Yeah. Um, Cost more for the first one, less for the last ones type of deal, or middle chain's cheapest because it's it's not near the actual game screen. I don't. I couldn't even fathom what that conversation looks like. Right. My favorite is seeing the conversation when it's um, unclear whether players can skip it. Oh. Because that's the discussion. That's a, that's an actual negotiation that happens. It's like, will we allow players to skip the logos? Yeah. I mean, as someone who's playing And for games, the record, I'm for, for, anyone, for anyone in the industry that says the players should not be able to skip their logo, we kindly ask you to leave the industry. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, motherfuckers, I, like, I play a lot of CD-ROM games with like you. We're we're doing all right because back in the day, you boot up a CD-ROM game and you have like a full two minutes of unskippable. It's like going like, to a movie, animated <laughs> like yeah, like animated shit like Sierra or yeah. you know, like yeah. Lucas Arts. like I I will say back in the day, it was a little bit of a loading hider. Because mm. we were probably just also loading stuff and playing a video. You could just play Fair the enough, video sure. while we were loading in the background. Nowadays, it's nonsense. Sure. Yeah. Let people skip the logos, for God's sake, please. Well, I also... And, and I, I'm maybe, 33 years old now. I don't have time for this. <laughs> maybe it's because I was a uh, kid and I was easy fooled by marketing and, and whatnot. But uh, back in the day, they had some bangers. That EA intro, every time you would say it, you'd mm -hmm. shout it out. It was always good. Yeah, that's true. Good. Hey. Even on the console, Sega. Yeah, oh, yeah dude. Every every single time to this day, if I see their logo, I hear that in my head. Right. Every single time. Yeah. The PS2. Yeah, there's ones you see in your nightmares. Uh, the PS2 one, where you're 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 like, my huh. disc is a little scuffed. Oh. Please, please go into the game. Please go into the game. Please don't go into the not the cube, not the cube. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> However, the PS2 boot or the PS1 boot, both just incredible. Just seeing that for the first time, in, in, a lot of game experiences I, formed around that. I, I really like nowadays where they do your boot up sequences, um, setting screen, right? Just yeah. like set your subtitles, stuff like that, accessibility features, uh, volume, frame rate, stuff like that. Uh, and then um, intro video that has the logos. And then, like the actual intro to the game, and then the main menu. Yeah, that's the. I really way like to do those it. because I will skip that intro video every single time after, and some games even automatically skip it nowadays. Where it's just like, okay, you boot up the game, main menu, here we are. Um, but I, I, Sony seems to be doing that as a standard now, and it's it's good. Sure, I had one. Uh, funny enough, with uh, the the Skywalker Saga for Lego, you watch this awesome intro. It's re it's really cool. You get to see you know all the the big Star Wars moments from all the films, and then as it's loading into the title screen, and you get to see all the characters, the big reveal, and everything, a little dialogue box pops up and just blocks it all as it's still like framing itself. 
And I was like, who the fuck decided that that's how that should go? That just is not, not great. Not great. I, I love when you can tell that the scene was created before the achievements were added. Yeah. Because yes. it's like, you know, you have like a shot and it's like the two characters, it's like zooming out and the two characters at the bottom of the screen and then they just, achievement unlocked pop up on the Xbox 360 comes up and they're blocking everything. And you're just like, <laughs> I guess the people making the achievements didn't care about the video and the people making the video weren't aware of the achievements. That's correct. Yeah. Or, or it never got played while the two systems were connected. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, there at the very end of that video we were watching, they announced that the next Tomb Raider is being made. That was uh, one of the bigger announcements from that on UE5. We didn't get anything else other than that. But new Tomb Raider at least is coming out for any Tomb Raider fans. Um, can kind of go into a little bit of news. There was kind of a, a lot of stuff. Uh, Ko, I'm sure you got spammed about the return to Monkey Island coming out. Uh, oh, yes. What a, what a, what a freaking treat, man. They've yeah. been apparently working on that since 2000, and nobody said a word. And here's Pretty the wild. best part. Ron Gilbert, for like 14 years, made it a point on his still-running blog every April Fool's Day to be like, I'm not doing anything. There's no <laughs> April Fool's Day. And then this April Fool's, this year, he puts, I'm releasing a new Monkey Island game. And everyone's like, oh, look, he finally did a joke. And then like three days later, this came out. And they were like, mother <laughs> Ron Gilbert. Talking um, about the long was, con, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was amazing. So yeah, it it it's looking great. It's uh, they somehow now the the funny joke here in the in the preview is that the quote that Murray the Skull starts talking about. There was an old interview that Ron did where he basically said something along the lines of, "I'm not going to do another one of these games until I own the IP myself." And they kicked the skull off midway through the quote, <laughs> and then because it looks like Lucas Arts absolutely was licensed to make this game again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Devolver's doing it. Ron Gilbert's back. They're picking up from two. So it is not a continuation from mm-hmm. uh, of, of the Telltales or anything like that. Right at the end of two, when they were in the carnival, they're then picking up with Return to Monkey Island. So this is the actual three that we've all been wanting for like over a decade. Nice. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Oh, two decades? Two decades. Almost two decades. <laughs> yeah, probably two. A little older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Devolver's involved. There's like a yeah, there's like great. a safety for I, I guess safety net is the word I'll use. Whenever Devolver is involved with a project, you feel kind of like okay, we're that's in that's in good hands. Like I don't have to you, be there. Are too certain about it. there's no real guarantee of quality level with Devolver because they really you know if they release buggy stuff, they release stuff that's not finished all the time. But you do know there's certain things that aren't going to happen with Devolver on it, which is good, which is really good. You know you you know they're not going to try any weird. DLC crap. There's not going to be any in-game store. There's not going to be NFTs. Like they, you, there's certain things that are just big red X's when you hear Devolver. So it's nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I think the answer to this is no, because it goes against everything that Devolver kind of stood for in the past. But Microsoft wouldn't buy Devolver, right? That's not a thing. They've been pretty no. friendly with uh, Game Pass in the in recent months. And, and continue to be with like Trek to Yumi. Are I they think buying the dev Pass. studios or are they buying publishers? I yes. thought Microsoft was looking kind for of, dev kind studios. Of both. Kind of both, yeah. Dover does both. a few I mean, games, Activision but they're mostly Blizzard publisher. Right, Granted, they... Bethesda's a publisher as well. But right. You're right. They I don't really develop mostly... much. Yeah. Yeah, they've developed a few things, but I think they're like 90% by the name, though, If you buy the, the name is, is the important part, right? That's true. Right. That's true. Um, 
But we got to think about why it, they it strikes were me as as the question that would come up is like, is everything for sale? Because like, true, you know, I'm Devolver fanboy. I've been, you know, I, I've met most like the muckety mucks at least once or twice, and they they seem like they're, they're you know they're down to earth. They got they're they're not in it for just money. I mean, obviously they're a business, so they have to make money. But it's not they're like you know, I mean, soul, but it doesn't matter anymore, right? whatever. Like, but like, is it for sale? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're public now. Devolver's public? I thought so. Didn't they didn't they will go see. public a while ago? I don't know what that means. I'll be honest with you. I've heard that. Public on the stock market. Yep, they are a public company on November fourth, twenty twenty one. Right. So basically it doesn't matter what Devolver wants, as long as somebody can buy the shares, then it's done. Oh True. really? Okay. Uh, so if Microsoft buys a, a majority share, they can say whatever they right. want with Wow. Okay. Right. But I okay. I don't think there's any value in buying devolver right now like i think because you know you know you know what would happen if devolver gets bought by a, like they they stop being devolver yeah right like everybody trusts yeah. devolver because it's devolver yeah um so it's it's one of those brands that it's just it's Which not kind of a worth cool place. buying yeah right. it's nice i like that i like them i mean like i've i've been involved with devolver since their very first indie game and they have stayed exactly I ran into Nigel Lowry at, at uh, GDC, and Nigel is exactly Nigel. <laughs> Same way he always was. Is he pitching those he's still, NFTs? He's still goofball. Well, he's still taking the piss out of NFTs, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I want to see if Volver does a, a fucking conference this year, even though E3 is not going on. I'd love to see the I mean, conference and then introduce know. just NFTs. Just the whole thing is NFT-centric. like yeah. love You it. know this is like a treat for them, right? Like oh, E3 sure. not happening. Like they have the perfect opportunity to just do something that really sort of dances on the grave of the show. Like they're 100% going to go for it. They'll probably kill after E3 that whole in their conference. I would think <laughs> that's you get, what is it? Is it Nina? Is that the character? Yeah. Yeah. They'll get Nina to like kill E3 or take over E3 or something. That'll, that'll be fun. Or yeah, maybe a I'm, funeral. Maybe they'll just do a funeral for E3. Just have, like, like get like Reggie up there quiet. and Jack Treden to like give eulogies. About oh E3. my god, that would be incredible. That'd be so good if they could pull that off. I don't think those two would ever agree to that, but hey, yeah, just I like two minutes of silence. That's it. It's just like nothing happens. They just stand there like very thoughtfully and quietly, and then just announce a whole bunch of video games. Yeah, yeah, be really good. They'd one hundred percent pull that. I'm excited for I've hyped myself up for the unannounced Devolver E3 2022 event because of this uh, silly conversation. What else was announced? Uh, Remedy has said they have entered into an agreement for a new Max Payne 1 and 2 project with uh, Rockstar Games. So it looks like those are well, being Remedy making it. Remake. That's the important part. Yes, Remedy yeah. is, is making it. Remedy is making yep. it. Yep, yep. They will be a, uh, it'll be one standalone title developed for PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC using the Northlight engine, which is what Control used. Uh, the budget has the same size as a typical Remedy AAA production. It's financed by Rockstar, and they are currently at the concept development stage. So, a couple years. That is that an still. interesting one, though, though. Like, Rockstar financing it is an interesting one. Yeah, I wonder how that worked out. And, it, like, is Rockstar just like, we're making too much money. We just released grand theft just auto for the really... fifth no 15th time maybe is, is more accurate right. we could finance that game it'll be fine we'll do it yeah 
I mean, I'm just happy Remedy is remaking more Remedy. Yeah, they're getting all their classics. Yeah, Alan Wake was good. Alan Wake 2 looks good. we got two on the way. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they're mixing it up, which is going to be fun. It's going to be cool. Like, they're actually calling it, like, what? what is it? Survival horror? Yeah. That's what they're doing with the new one. So, yeah. Yeah, dude, that's going to be great. Good stuff. Um, Control DLC was awesome. Like, their last project there was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. I recommend it for those who haven't played it. I hope we see more control. I really do. I I think that is a very interesting world. Um, I mean, I don't think we're done with Faden yet. So, yeah. Hopefully, we're right. Yeah. True. Maybe I'll wait to. Is there a term for the Alan Wake slash control like universe? I don't know if there's like a dash verse of that remedy verse, oh. maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, remedy yeah, versus, I yeah. just, for me, it's just the Alan Wake. I just license that URL. Thank you, JP. <laughs> no problem. Put some NFTs up on it. It'll do really well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just recently played through Alan Wake like uh, last year, like for the first time. Like I, I started the, the original. Uh, many many years ago, and I never finished it. So going back and and finishing it up was uh was really fun. It was really, uh, but it was also very cool having played Control and remembering like, oh shit, they re- they referenced a ton of stuff from yeah. Alan Wake in ton. Control, oh. and uh, they uh, foreshadow some stuff that Control has in it. That's great. Right. Absolutely, I love that. it was really and, cool. Uh, and qu- and people forget that there's a game in between those two, right? That does the same. No, Just, that never came out. That, that never came I love that. I really like that game. <laughs> you were into Quantum Break? I, I really liked Quantum Break. I, I just really like. Never played it. I think co played it and talked about it. And I, I was did. just like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I don't it's know. okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's right. It's like, it's like, it's, and, and go is right. It's like a pretty mediocre, like, cover based shooter with like cool effects, but it's not the bad. Story kind of, yeah, the story is kind of <laughs> cool. And you can just tell that that game happened because some graphics programmer was sitting there and just, have like a vertice exploder effect where like the triangles of a model start like shaking as well like yo this looks cool look at look at the look at this <laughs> look, i can make i can make it go into pools yep. like, look at that they're like yeah yeah okay that's a video game now then they ship like, that video to microsoft and they're like we're gonna put that at e3 yep 100 <laughs> percent what happened 100 percent. yeah yeah i remember uh, when that game was announced and it, it was at that e3 it's like damn that looks really cool and it came out it was just kind of okay I like yeah. what they were trying. Like that that's what I like about Remedy though, is that they really want that mix between T V series and video game to kind of work out. And you can tell that that's what they're doing in control. You can tell that that's what they're doing in Alan Wake. You can tell that that's what they're doing in Quantum Break. Like they they really like that cadence of T V series. Like, yeah. Here's an episode. Play the episode. At the end of the episode, go away. Come back <laughs> later. They don't want you to play their games in one go. They want you to play Alan Wake until the credit song happens and then get out, go outside, touch some grass, come back in, and then don't play Alan Wake immediately again. Go do something, have a life, and then come back. That's the remedy. Ouch. Formula. Seems like they're trying to alienate their customers. (laughs) That's what they're doing, which is really nice. Like They're just like straight up like, no, here's a credit sequence. Watch this. It's three minutes of music, no video game. It's actually worth listening to. Some of those, some of those are real jams. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I loved Alan Wake for that. Like, I actually just played an episode a night. 
If you know me, you know that's not how I play video games. If I like a game, I play it start to finish in one go. Yeah. Uh, if I can. We'll but see. Alan Wake? Nope. We'll see what happens with it. Went out tonight. Hell, yeah. I got I got a freaking, I was going through my shirts, like redoing all my closet, and I pulled out a shirt that got lost during the move, and it's, uh, what is it? Old Old Gods of Asgard? It's the band from uh, from Alan Wake. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I'm already waiting to rock that on stream again. Nice, nice. Oh man! And then uh, the other big news this morning, and I I'm like actually, I have real anxiety. I have not watched this trailer yet. I've not seen anything around it. Oh, Square Enix and Disney have announced the development of Kingdom Hearts Four. Mm-hmm. So we'll see that in like 2030, probably. Uh, but. It's out there. There's also it was a mobile game, or what was the other thing that was announced alongside that? Did you watch it, Co? Or did you see nope. anything around? I I was told it existed about seventy thousand times during my stream this morning. Yeah, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the other thing that they? Oh, two mobile games were announced. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm just suddenly. That's a thing. Sorry, I just need so, one one second. Go. The, the band was Old Gods of Asgard, right? I want to say it's a, it's something. I want to, it's yeah. Gods of some yeah or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They they also did the song in Control. Poets of the Fall. The Astri- Poets of the Fall. The, the, the Astri- that's the official name. That's of the, the band, real. But yeah. Old Gods of Asgard is what they're called in the game. I think yep. that Old Gods of Asgard was also the band that did Take Control in Control, which is the Astra Maze song. I think they did. So. Yep, you're correct. It's dude, oh, it's remedy. All full circle, Rami. It's the remedy verse coming the together. What it is? Remedy verse right here. Uh, somebody <laughs> in chat said they, they do have an official name for it the connected remedy verse or something like that. Remedy okay. universe. That's the worst so name. Think, you're thinking about it. It is. It's pretty bad. Connected remedy verse. That sounds like an NFT. I think Remiverse could have been kind of cool. Remedy verse. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. All the remedy verse. Anyway, real quick before we continue, JP, is your hype level for Kingdom Hearts right? higher or lower after three uh, look i don't i'm i don't know <laughs> that's a good question i don't <laughs> i don't know man i okay i'm not kidding i i have there's actual anxiety about watching that trailer and i don't know why that like kingdom hearts 3 wasn't bad but it wasn't kingdom hearts 2 and a lot of that is because of self-inflicted hype <laughs> if you want to call it that That's uh fair. absolutely what you mean but like it, it, i don't i don't know I, like is kingdom hearts 4 just going to be like here's the entirety of encanto and you're playing through that uh, as sora and like here's that bruno song that's going to get you dmca'd on twitch <laughs> like i i don't know i it's I haven't seen the trailer. I don't really have any. Uh, I don't have any thoughts on it because I don't know what it looks like. Apparently, they like changed the look of Sora somewhat. It's on you. Doesn't have clown shoes anymore. Well, are we gonna watch this trailer? Are we? Do, are, we could. You're hyping me up. I I haven't seen it yet. Let's watch it. Yeah, why not? We could. Let's do it. This Let's will do it. get the vod claimed, but I guess it doesn't matter really at this point. Uh, this will get the vod claimed. It's seven minutes. Is there music wow. in it that? It's, it's Disney, of course. Get it's going to get the bot claimed. Oh my god! Yeah, I also don't know if I can pipe you guys audio. You're going to have to tell me here if uh, this can you. Is this giving audio to you guys? 
Yep. Okay. Is that too loud? I've messed with these settings in a while. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just. I can turn it down a little bit. It was loud for the stream too. People are saying go to four minute and five seconds. Well, I mean, what did we just watch? Let's just watch the whole thing. Seven minutes. Go back. The whole thing. Oh boy. Graphics are a little bit different. This is the, <laughs> point. the mobile game. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not even. Well, I'm producing real quick. Go to a different screen. Yo, it's Star Fox. that you could tell that they were skipping the video and the dialogue yeah because the curtains kept jumping like why right okay so that's the isn't union already out chat so is this like an expansion of the mobile oh the long way to finale okay so it is just more and then we become something from the heart. Oh, this is a mobile game. Here, I can move this. What were you expecting this was, JP? I don't, I, I don't know anymore. Fucking Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> you guys are good. You can sit up, right? That just looks like Kingdom Hearts combat on a phone. Kingdom Hearts 3 combat. That guy like collects. Just like the lore keeper. Oh, that's Tangled World. That's a new character.
It's pretty fucked up, this music's actually doing things. For me, music is so important. But this game is, is the nostalgia, I guess, is so associated with that music for me. Right, yeah, for sure. You got a new full outfit for the Kingdom Hearts 4 yet? Are you thinking about it? Look, uh, cosplay is a journey, okay? You, you got to start fresh every single one, so. I know, but is there any, is, like, what, what ideas are you playing around your head? Goofy? I'd like, I'd like oh, to get an Organization you, 13 jacket. Those are, those are nice. They're saying if you didn't like the ending, leave this world for another. I think they're talking to the Kingdom Hearts 3 players. Oh, so this is the end. Okay. Yeah, that looks pretty. I almost bought that chess set for like 300 bucks, by the way. <laughs> I had put out a It makes you happy, man, dude. Do I, it. I didn't buy it. I'm saying I almost did. I was like, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> Remind me after this. I had a moment of, of I bought something. Probably it's ridiculous, but it makes me very happy. Are they like lightning Sora? Oh, this was DLC? Okay, I didn't play the DLC because I was so whatever from the main game. Kingdom Hearts, parts of advertising in it, like Gabby's in here. I can't hear. I, I, I heard, does it have advertising in it, but I didn't hear the rest. One sec. Oh, there's. That's pretty much what Kingdom Hearts 3 did in this trailer. <laughs> Man. Wow. Really reusing that Final Fantasy VII remake stuff here, huh? Yeah. More oh. organization people. Cool logo. Oh shit. The most powerful wizard in Final Fantasy, guys. There he is. Oh my god, I've never heard oh of god. Japanese. <laughs> uh oh. Was that supposed to be Hades? Was it is it is there an English version of this trailer? Is that James? Uh, Woods? Huh. Huh. Okay. 
Oh, uh, there is an English trailer. Is it James Wood in the English trailer? I think this is the English trailer. Is what people are saying. Oh, this is the English version. Later, there will be another trailer. Wait a second, that wasn't English. You sure? You all sound foreign to me. Uh, yeah, I, I that looked like Kingdom Hearts to me. Uh, <laughs> Did it? Uh, in the gameplay sense, and also in just the absurdity. Devil May is, Hearts. Yeah, that is Nomura's <laughs> brain that that looked like Kingdom Hearts uh, to me. So I I kind I like Kingdom Hearts. I don't love Kingdom Hearts, but I will say I felt very little at that trailer except for the music. Uh, right. Well, actually, for the mobile game, it was the music. For that last thing, I actually felt nothing. I was just watching it. I'm like, yeah, okay. That 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 those are 3D assets, right? And they're animated well. Yes, Chad said the DLC looked very similar, uh, and I've never right. played that, so that might get uh, that might change maybe sooner than later. Um. Yeah, I mean, your brain, my brain starts to wonder, like, well, if they're doing a Kingdom Hearts four, Disney owns a lot of IP now. They could do some interesting things there, but most likely we're going to get a lot of Encanto, a lot of uh, not the IPs that you want, aka Marvel and <laughs> Star Wars. I was about to say you're just waiting here for Sora to go head to head with like yeah. Give me Iron uh, Man or you something. You know, like put put Sora and Iron Man together. That, that'd yeah, be exactly. pretty fucking sick. Like I'd, I'd check that out. <laughs> Make a lot of sense. Or where's Mandalorian? You know, give me some Pedro Pascual there. Get him. Uh... Yeah. You know what? I'll, I would play it. I would play it. Uh, I don't think I would love it, but I would play it. Chet saying there's something that looks like I'm not a... gonna like it, but I'll play it. <laughs> there's an ad at apparently in the trailer, the foot of an ad at from Star Wars. Oh really? So that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I I have to. I think I have to like temper. I think with Kingdom Hearts three, I was so that was like. I can relate it to a lot of the audience. Kingdom Hearts three was what Cyberpunk was for you guys, except I didn't have the like, Cyberpunk experience. I had a decent experience that still didn't live up to the hype because there's no way anything's gonna live up to that hype. Um, so yeah, Zeke, you were asking about uh, mer uh, advertising, or what was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just wondering if if this if Kingdom Hearts has advertising in it besides Disney, like other Japanese games do. You know, like Boss Coffee or stuff like that. No, I don't think they they usually don't. No, that was the first time that like he's been in the quote realer looking world. Kingdom Hearts three, though. I mean, it it definitely took it to the next level i mean they had like their big super moves were called attractions yeah and they were essentially the main character like riding rides from disney world honestly yeah. like it was a it was a huge turnoff like it, it felt it felt like in a lot of ways that every time you did a super move in this video game it was basically a commercial um, yeah it was it was pretty terrible and they were just broken they like yeah. made they broke the game and they made them incredible yeah exactly they made them so strong that it's yes. like and I, and I guarantee you that there was a design meeting where it's like, yeah, we need to make these really strong so the player wants to do them all the time because we want them to see that as much as possible. Like, it was just, yeah, not cool. It was not cool. Yeah. I didn't dig it. Did you play the DLC for that, Co? The Remind DLC? 
I, I'm pretty sure I was kind of like you. Like, I honestly, uh, and this is one of the reasons I actually asked you that question. I was very turned off by KH3 as a whole. Yeah. Some of the levels were cool, but like, I, I, I remember leaving KH3 and being like, you know what? I could not play a Kingdom Hearts again and be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Like, I'm like, you know, with, with Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, like, it was actually a pretty enjoyable experience. Like, there were some cool reveals and things like that. And it was kind of fun. And I never really felt like it was, it was, super commercial even though it was obviously super commercial um but then when three came along i was like okay this is it's becoming more overt like the game i feel like it's actually suff- making the game suffer a bit like eh. and, and the kh3 story is also just a little bit i it's not nearly as interesting as the other two yeah it had it's like so. big payoff mo- or a couple of big payoff moments that were uh, if you had played like every single game what the seven or eight games up to that point they were cool for sure um the story didn't necessarily go where I think a lot of people it didn't have the same effect. And that might just be because, Hey, we got older and maybe kingdom hearts two had that effect because we were younger. I, there's a bunch of stuff you could look at it and, and decipher it that way. But I think, yeah, I think valve was watching and just going like, yep, never doing half life three. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, kingdom hearts three was of that scale. Right. For a ton of people without a doubt. Yeah. Um, very at few games just, have reached that. Yeah, at some point you just can't come. You can't compete with people's hopes anymore, which yeah. is kind of a Kingdom Hearts conclusion, honestly. <laughs> when you think about it, like, yeah, um, I thought it was very brave that they made it. The like, I really respect got made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they that they. I mean, they kind of. It was clear that that was sort of an intent, but you could also just not. Chad is bringing up a really but, good point. Honestly, they kind of did it with remake, seven remake. I, th- I mm-hmm. think in a lot of ways that lived up. That all not only lived up to it, but I feel like it exceeded that that level of hype that people were expecting from a from a product. I know it did for me. Oh, I, um, I mean, Elden Ring, I think, enters into this conversation immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it did a great job as well. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't like, make me talk about the UI <laughs> and how and how perfect it is. Please. Please. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about cats. Let's talk about cats. <laughs> Four or five. That's, like that. that's the secret that, of Rami, games. Rami, you mean, you mean how all the feedback on, on Elden Ring UI is just from haters? Isn't that's what I heard. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Don't let hey, them do this, Twitter. Rami. Don't let them Twitter. validate your opinion. My, my Twitter. Uh, I I'm enjoying Elden Ring, by the way. Like this is like a weird rumor that sort of spread around the internet that i, that I don't like Elden ring that's how it happens <laughs> it's like i'm enjoying the game it's just the ui ux is like you know what i'm gonna stop this thought right here okay um yeah but uh, kingdom hearts 3 was brave final fantasy 7 remake was brave but it was also easy money but taking on that project and doing with it what they did was cool i'm just really worried for seven remake two yeah yep yeah 100 it's just it's it's a depart like they had the framework for seven remake they have somewhat of the framework for remake two but the end of remake one makes that framework a little twisted and warped and they could okay you know who knows what they could do (laughs) which could be exciting uh right like that there's an excitement level associated with that but there's also a little bit of a fear associated with that 
I think the ending of that game was pretty divisive. Uh, right. As well, with where they went with it. So I'm optimistic. I think it was a good final boss fight. I think they're going to do the same thing they did with the first one, honestly. We're a little bit on a tangent here, but just just throwing it out. I think they're going to do like 95% remake and then like 5% new. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just carry that all the way through the three things, like through the three and and just kind of have it, you know, like because they want to recreate the iconic feeling of like, you know, Golden Saucer and all the different locations and stuff. So we're all going to go there. They're probably going to want it to be mostly the same. But, you know, they'll probably just make a big deal of the little things they change and kind of make that the, the overarching new stuff. Yeah. But I mean, they, I mean, honestly, they did it great in the first one. So we should we should maybe give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, eh, you know, open, keep an open mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. A tempered benefit of doubt is, I think, where we yeah. need to be. Because yeah. seven, 7 Remake was super hype. It was really, really good. And I was so excited for it. And it somehow exceeded how excited I was for it. I just don't want to bring that same energy to this one because I have all that excitement from the first one with me. I'm going to overhype if I do that. So, yeah. That's man, you got to totally manage fair. a lot of emotions to be a gamer. We do this to ourselves, man. Are, uh, are, all... we, <laughs> are we sure this is smart? To... Yeah. yeah well, I think it helps when I make a conscious choice. Like, if something I'm super excited about, if before I start the game, I make the conscious choice. Like to tell myself to make it a note, like a you know a mental note of. Don't, like, go into this with any uh, over expectations. You know, mm. like, yeah. Just saying it or just thinking it before you actually start playing it, it it does help a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think even before like reason I didn't want to watch that uh, Kingdom Hearts Four trailer for so long is because I had to actually prep my brain to be like, don't get fucking crazy about this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be crazy about this. <laughs> it's just a trailer. This is a Disney Square game. You're not going to see it for eight years. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna change to UE6 before it comes out, probably. <laughs> yeah. So there's, uh, I think that's just getting older as a gamer. You got to manage those expectations. Um, I know we're a little bit over for a break. I do want to mention this DMCA stuff from Twitch. Uh, there are some updates regarding. How they're doing their communication. Uh, I don't know if you guys have have gotten any emails regarding this, but I actually got my first email from Twitch about DMCA uh, claims or or, uh, DMCA content on the channel from music that I thought was safe. And I guess it's not uh, that I used my intro. Yeah, a bunch of, I think my stuff was Monster Cat related. Uh, Co, was that similar to you? Uh, Mine was actually Cyberpunk. Oh, I, I use a cyberpunk tune called Rebel Path when I'm doing my intros, and it was flagging that as erroneous, which is weird because I don't get the same hit on YouTube. Yeah, isn't the same thing? So that's a little bit strange. I think they're just being over. I think they're starting over cautious. Right. Maybe we we'll have to walk it back now. For Monster Cat, interestingly enough, you probably have to go to the Monster Cat website because I had to do this with my YouTube. And you have to connect your Twitch account so they know that your account is good to not get flagged for that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. And you also, I had to do that with my new YouTube channel as well. So, like, you just have to, yeah, that's that should rectify all of that. Because I've I've had that, quote-unquote, like, creator license for years at this point. It's never been renewed. Um, But it's really cool that that's, you know, that is finally out there to start seeing Mm -hmm. that type of stuff. Um, It also is unpublishing VODs by default now, I think, is, is the process. And you have to go 
and uh, make it so it does not automatically unpublish your VODs, which is kind of a different thing. Interestingly enough, now we don't know. Here's what gets weird, though. Okay. Because we don't know if unpublished VODs are safe. Right. So because they, they made it clear that, you know, putting stuff behind paywalls and stuff had no bearing on that. So, I mean, one could assume, like, you know, is an unpublished VOD safe? If it is safe, if, if a VOD not being published is actually a safe thing, then this also is interesting from a legal perspective because now Twitch can be like, no, 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 we unpublished that. They went in and manually published it. You know what I mean? So that that even more puts the onus of, of the DMCA stuff on the creator. Not that it wasn't there already, and we haven't seen any issues with that on Twitch's side, but it is it is... I will say it's a good it's a good step from Twitch, and it definitely is the kind of thing where it's going to put a lot more thought into creators in in how they deal with that. Yep. Um, yeah, that that was that's that's good. That's good. This is the kind of system that we should have had like three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but but hey, better late than never. Absolutely, and credit where it's due. Did they? It's. I think it might be a problem, and I think I'm I'm okay saying more strongly. I think it is a problem that all of the news comes from Zach Busey's Twitter. Cause like, I'm trying to find the actual Twitter account uh, slash Twitch that talked about this stuff. And I don't he normally quotes either Twitch directly or emails partners are receiving. Right. Most of the time. It's, it's just, <laughs> I guess I, I would expect, the social media presence that all these articles are quoting to be a official yeah. Twitch account and not Zach's tweet about official yeah. news. Uh, we need another DJ wheat. We need a DJ wheat. That's more plugged into uh, distributing information. Yes. Yeah. Like we need a face that we can go to and know like when all new Twitch stuff comes out. That- yeah. And I mean that, that comes with its own set of problems uh, in terms of harassment and all that stuff, but you're, yeah. you're right. Some, we need something, something along those lines whatever that is an account that's do, for creators or something like that or one thing to check they have gotten a lot better about updating the little notifications thing in your in your dashboard oh yeah um yeah so like right here i click that the second thing is introducing copyright audio warnings for your vods and then there's a whole learn more to the article okay yeah so they have wonder, gotten a lot better about updating that recently i wonder if like pop-up blockers are Oh no no okay yeah so you're seeing that in your notifications on the dashboard if you go if you go to your dashboard there yeah. is a up at the top right there's a little creator and update star to the left of the whispers and the oh, notifications okay yeah they've actually gotten a lot better about updating cool. that so if you ever see that green and this goes for any caster on Twitch just click up there they're basically using that as a way to disseminate information and news updates to, to partners and affiliates so gotcha. they used to not use it too much but they've like I said they've gotten a lot better about it recently yeah. Okay, I'll keep an eye on that then instead of go by Zach's Twitter. That's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, and then we already we talked about announcements last week from that. Uh, any other news you guys saw want to bring up before we jump to a quick break? Rami? Well, I can... I'm trying to think, but... I think it's, uh, it's slow. Take, you know, we're... I'll take that... I'll take that break. Yeah, yeah. It's slow. It's it's I would say pre whatever announcement time is. I have to stop saying E3. Uh I'm trying to remove that yeah. from my You've got my like brain. two months of nothing. Yeah, it's gonna be some some smaller 
uh, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, slower times. There was the, we, we didn't mention in the news, the unionization that occurred at Blizzard, uh, which was a pretty big win um, for them. Apart from the fact that if there was a hand, what was the big stipulation around that, Rami? Do you know where it, I, I'm blanking on it. We're like part of the the silver lining or the not silver lining, whatever the that the opposite of silver lining is, the shitty part. You mean, uh, the poop you mean with the Raven? You yes, mean with where the Raven, the Raven QA, QA were not able yeah. to partake. How about we talk about that after the break then? Okay. Because I All have right. lots of angry opinions about it. Sure, sure. Yeah. Ray! We'll mention that after, uh, after the break. So don't go anywhere. Okay. More drop frames in angry Rami steps into the arena after the Ooh, exciting yeah now we're hyping it up look, look at that face that's angry. oh he's rami so right angry there. that's he's angry so pissed off unbelievable evil rami with the beard TSA now too it's just it's really evil, angry, angry rami just thinking about my broken steam deck more on that and, after the break <laughs> we'll see you with more drop frames right after this welcome back drop frames going to the second half here of the show <laughs> I don't. What is this face, Robbie? Oh, it's angry, Robbie. Oh, it's hungry, Robbie. I think hungry, Robbie. It's the, Ramadan. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, it's after. Uh, after yeah, yeah. Down, right. I just realized that I can eat again. So yeah, that's what I. That's what I think. <laughs> Always a plus. <laughs> uh, we can. What we were going to talk about? Both. The, I was going to try to give Robbie a break so he could eat real quick, but. No, I want to see like, him like just spitting food out just. As he's ta- as, as we're talking about this, as he's angry, like camera. try to entire all of the pancakes in like thirty seconds. Sure. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll prep the story. So this past week, Activision Blizzard told staff that eleven hundred quality assurance testers, uh, which is the number of Tempic contract QA testers, will be converted from contract to full time and bumped up to at least twenty dollars an hour. This is obviously a big win for QA in the wake of several worker revolts and a burgeoning union effort. However, the catch is that Activision will not give raises to the Raven QA testers who are currently unionizing, quote, due to our legal obligation under the National Labor Relations Act. The company said in an email, uh, this was all over to Bloomberg News. Um, whether... like, oh, aren't you glad you unionize now? Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, I bet you are. That, your union that was probably the uh the asterisk statement uh alongside that um yeah i mean well, they probably gave the raise just despite it's it's one of those things where it's like legally they 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 can't because of the national labor relations uh relations act but it's also exactly what coach just said they it's like a huge fuck you right <laughs> like it's it's a major fuck you to those people uh, and, and they should, and, and I think are taking it as, uh, as such Rami, uh, any thoughts in between pancakes here on, on the unionization and, and not receiving the, yeah, actually I'm no longer fasting, so I can curse. Fuck them. <laughs> okay. Let me finish my pancake and I'll be right back. Okay. All right. We, we got the hot take from Rami. Oh, fuck them. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a marathon. He's got a carb up before he starts going, going off. That's <laughs> true. Moment. It's true. Yeah, it it just it sucks is, is ultimately how that uh you know comes across. Um, uh the Wonder Lama, that's the best hot cake from Rummy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> little, good. little hot cake. The old hot cake. 
Okay, we're getting the the one second from Rami here for podcast listeners. He's, he's also charging is that up. a dry is that a dry pancake, dude? No, or is there stuff inside there? Jeez. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, At least there was something. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a Dutch thing. Gotcha. Don't don't worry about it. We put cheese. No, on we everything. do it. It's called a McGriddle here in the U.S. Just a little bit more calories. A Mac is this a McDonald's thing? Yeah. 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 Really? I have thoughts about this. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> let's go to the Activision Blizzard thing. Okay. So let's hear about it. Here's the thing. Yes, technically they're correct in that they can't do it under the National Labor Relations Act, right? Yes. But part of the reason that Raven is stuck in that is because Activision Blizzard refuses to acknowledge their union. union. Right. So, yeah, they're correct, but also they're the ones causing the situation. So this is 100% meant to be a warning against unionization. It's union busting in, in many ways. Yeah. They're just hiding it under giving all the QA people what they already deserved, but they would never have done that if not for the union. Right. So it is an incredibly shitty situation. And my hope, obviously, is that a lot of the people who got a raise will still consider unionizing themselves to make sure the Raven people also get their dues, because this is just... I had heard how bad the practice of like trying to stop unions in the U.S. was, but I am honestly a little shocked. Oh, it's it's a, a it's very big and bad deal. Yeah, it is brutal across the board in almost every right uh, industry in a lot of ways. I I, I had never seen anything like this. Like I just I had never realized that it was this aggressive. Uh, but uh, you know, like Activision Blizzard creates a situation where they underpay QA for what, like twenty years, mm-hmm. treat them poorly, treat them like don't bring them on board then get forced by a small group of people to actually pay people and give them a contract and give them stability, which, come on, QA deserves that. Somebody made a joke the other day that I laughed about really hard. QA people are the only game developers in the games industry. Everybody else is bug developers. I saw that same, yeah, I saw that same tweet. I like it. And I thought that was brilliant. In a way, that's kind of true. I mean, it's obviously not entirely true, but it's kind of true in that, you know, that we create stuff, but it's full of bugs, and then QA... Make sure that it's not, that it is the intended experience. And those are the people that we've been underpaying for such a long time and not been giving uh, stability to keep their job. Then finally, a group of QA bands together to say, no, no more. And then Activision Blizzard comes in and pulls this stuff. I just, I really hope that Microsoft will properly shake up that company. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like, Microsoft has like the best track record, but it's a lot better than Activision Blizzard. Yeah, it's it's an awkward conversation right now because of the um, what is it the Undead Labs uh, drama that that dropped this past week or or two weeks ago or something like that. Um, with a lot, I think it was sexual harassment allegations or something uh, along those lines. Um, right. so that starts to taint the waters a little bit where everyone was like, Oh, Microsoft's going to solve the problems. And then it's, it's happening under, you know, their un- umbrella, their watch already. Right. So, I mean, it's happening everywhere. That's kind of the, the thing yeah. that is really hard to explain to people, but this is, uh, what's the word endemic. Yes. It's endemic. It's just everywhere. It's continuous. It's, it's something that you don't fix. There's not a company that fixes it, a culture shift. 
fixes it. Accountability fixes it. Responsibility fixes it. Um, and it's you know like I I'm not gonna like you know like it, it, there was the 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 discussion about uh, phenomena uh, Robin Hunicky and and that whole story a few weeks ago as well. Like there there's so many different ways of the situation being bad for developers, right? Because leadership might be abusers. They might be harassing, or they might just be in, incompetent. And, but all three kind of lead to similar problems in that people can't feel safe. They can't do their job in a way that's good for them. They don't feel like they're respected or treated well. And I, I'll be honest, I'm an indie, right? Like I came up over 10 years, 12 years. I messed up some of this stuff, right? In, in being able to communicate as a good leader, to let people know what I want them to do what I need them to do, when I need that to be done, uh, having somebody come to me with something that they've done and then giving them feedback and not acknowledging that work that they've done, like just basic leadership stuff that you don't learn when you're just an indie. You, it's not like nobody comes to you and is like, well, here's the book. Yeah, there's read that. It's all learning yeah, there's, experience. There's people that are paid billions of dollars that don't learn that. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at some point that has to be done. Right, like at Vlambeer, I worked with like six people, and we all were new and green and figuring stuff out. And as I grew into my sort of leadership position in the games industry, I had to reckon and learn to be a better leader figure. And I don't think I always get it right. And I know that there's places to to improve. At least I'm not doing the very basic mistakes of trying to not be a total absolute terrible human. Uh, I think I'm clearing that bar um but uh, you know there's always ways to be to be better as a human that culture shift where people want to be better because they have to be better or because they want to be better one or the other that just needs to happen it's just not there right now yeah but uh we're, we're drifting away from from the the actual topic i i just find it so impressive that activision blizzard manages to just be the most evil possible thing you can be Consist like how is this like a is this a contest? Like are are they winning? Because I think they're winning. Ubisoft like they have like four year colleges. I I, I really <laughs> thought they had Activision it in the bag, but like <laughs> Activision Blizzard is just coming in real hard, being terrible people. Like yeah, the industry is going to unionize. Like I don't know if they like do people not un- like this is going to happen. And it's the same thing with like forcing people back to work right now. Back so to weird. office, like, going to the office. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forcing people back to the office. It's like, what are you doing? Right. Like I'm, I'm a consultant, right? I work with lots of independent developers that are hiring people. I have never had an easier job in my life because as soon as a company announces, "Hey, we're forcing people back to work," I just start emailing all the people that work there. But hey, you want out? You can hire some of the best talent in the industry with just like, oh, you, yeah, you don't have to go to an office. Yeah. Like, what has happened? Like, it can't be that a random indie is smarter than these people, right? Like, I find that hard to believe somehow. But it's it's just consistent over and over. Union busting, making things bad for organized labor, uh, pushing like long work days being proud of crunch like no wonder that whole situation that we were talking about earlier which is actually good for the games industry like a lot of talented people are leaving these jobs but 
what the i just i'm just tired man like i will like what is happening right i thought we were smart people I think I don't know if it. I'm not sure if it, if it's as much to do with intelligence as much to do with priority. Like what what do you value? You know, like there's a lot of smart people who are very like who who you might consider evil. You know, like do you mean it's, it's the? Are you, are you saying what is a company value or what is what is an individual yeah. value? Oh yeah, company values that they're they're paying you know thousands upon thousands of dollars a month for property fees for a building that's completely empty and so get the fuck back in the building <laughs> and that's another thing that's but another that's thing is they can't, they can't sell the building like is that the problem well, like, yeah it, it's, it's yeah okay ability and it's unwillingness to change and i mean yes. let's be real that's why that's why most companies over the years get sunk is because they don't change they get set in their ways yes and then they don't change or keep up with their industry and then other more agile companies come along and then they just take the place of the old company and we just that's like the, the unending machine of of you know capitalistic growth and things like that so that's what we're seeing now with the work from home thing it's like everyone was working from home and all these companies are like okay come back to work and everyone's like fuck no <laughs> the company says absolutely not what what do you what do you mean you're not coming back to work but you work here. It's like they don't. They don't. They're they're not figuring out ways to keep their their worker base. They're not adapting the very clearly new recommendations and and, and requirements of their of their workforce. So yeah, we're gonna see a whole lot of companies go under. I mean, there's a huge huge push in America right now. The anti work push. Yeah. That is going on all over the place, and it's basically people that have just decided. It, it's kind of a mix between people that have decided that they need more from their jobs. And let's be real, some unrealistic expectations, but there's like this nice middle ground that they're sitting in right now where there's like, like a lot of their stuff is is going to, it's going to have to change or companies are just not going to be able to keep up or they're just going to go out of business completely. Right. Um, you know, so it's, 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 yeah, it's going to be a big change over the next few years as we see like all these industries adapt to what Rami was talking about. Where it's just like people just going, no, like, we're not going to do that anymore. It's the coin, right? So, where it's like. The best thing to happen during COVID, if there is such a thing, was that people realized they could work from home. The right. other side of the coin is the worst thing that could happen to a company is that people realize they can work from home. But that's the thing. I, I don't think that's the worst thing that could happen. Right? Like it, it, it's well, the company sure. believes yeah. that it's the worst thing that could happen. But in reality, people work more flexibly. They are happier. They have more time to spend with their family. Well, I think um, the big thing is not all, not all jobs can be done from home, though. I mean, there's right. there's a lot of jobs that that have to be done from a physical location, or you know, are are greatly increased by being around people physically. So it's like now the people that would go to those jobs are now going to be looking at these other jobs that don't no longer require that. So it's like industries right. are toppling because people are like, well, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Then I'm going to go find I'm going right. to go find a Rami and have him email me that I should go work for him <laughs> instead of going <laughs> right. back to my other job. Right. So, right. Yeah. But but that's also the thing. If everybody stops having to go to work, having to go to work is going to be less miserable because less traffic jams, less oh, it's a less win congestion. So like, yeah, yeah. There's in the, a way everything that has happened is well, not to say everything COVID, but everything when it comes to working from home, right? When it's it comes a weird to working statement. from home, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. It's just good. I don't I don't know I don't know how to explain it. This is good for the games industry. It's nice. Well, it's, People It's that whole uh necessity is the mother of invention, right? Like we needed to work from home so we fucking figured it out. And we also figured out along the way, you know, 
Same like, you know, going to the moon. Like, how do we get to the moon? And we figured out a bunch of shit, like, we didn't know on the way to getting to the way to there. The yeah. yeah. Right. But that's the thing. Everything, honestly, when it comes to, to, um, to game development, there is literally no reason to go to an office. There is a reason sometimes to do meetings that feel like they're in an office. Yeah. But beyond that, not, not really. Like, hybrid seems to be the future for game development. And then on top of that, there's the whole push for four day work weeks. That's happening. Yep. Well, a lot. Really nice. Uh, What's the the company uh, that's changed? There, there was a pretty major company. Idos. Yeah, Idos Interactive. That's, that's who it was. Yeah. yeah, they're doing four day. Yeah. Um, and that also all just IDOS? makes all the all of them. I think Idos Montreal. Just Montreal. Galaxy right. guys. Cool. Yeah. Um. But like it's that kind of stuff. Like that's how that's how the industry is moving. And I don't understand how Activision Blizzard thinks. Like yes, okay, let's screw over to organizing workers. How that's gonna help with anything? Because I see like I they're bleeding people. Yeah. At a really rapid rate. I don't know if you've been watching Twitter the last week, but on, on my Twitter, you know, it's game developers mostly that I follow. The amount of photos that I've seen of people stand in front of the statue, being like, "Today was my last work day." Oh, it, oh, yeah. I know a ton of uh, longtime workers, uh, longtime friends that have been at Activision Blizzard that have left in the past six months, past year, really. Uh, and these are yeah. people that, you know, from my perspective, uh, we, you heard the phrase like bleed purple uh, at Twitch. They like bled Blizzard for years. They, right. And Blizzard was re- when, when they were, when Blizzard was regarded the way they were regarded for all those years. Um, right. And now it's, you know, complete opposite and they're getting the fuck out of there you're you're 100 correct um right and I, I think that's also just the culture shift of activision blizzard under you know Kodak, where it was it's always been money as all companies are money at the top but activision blizzard really is like we need we got to make as much money as possible that's the goal Kodak that's needs the to buy a third yacht yeah it's important it's he always been the, the goal for the past couple of years and that's been the downfall of the company in so many ways and you see that in the games that they make right like you, you see all of their efforts being focused on COD Mobile, uh, and now Overwatch Two is you know is what it is, and Blizzard is what it is, and World of Warcraft has fallen out of favor, and all of that stuff happened, and a lot of that's just like profit. It's it's all greed and and, and profit, which we've talked about before on the show, uh, is kind of leading the directive there. I'm all for profit, man. Like, come on, like, please, I'll I'll take profit. But like that, that's, well, that's why I feel greed a little bit stronger. Of a right? Statement. <laughs> yeah, it is. The the just the 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 Activision Blizzard has just forsaken any humanity at the top. Like, it just it, there's nothing left, and what a sad fall. Well, it's for, the kind of for thing both that, of those companies, honestly, and, and we've. We've talked a lot about it on this show in the past, but it's it's like companies companies generally start with a focus, you know, and especially with game companies, it's like we want to make a product to to deliver to our fans and people that love to play video games. That's how most game companies start, right? Especially indies. Like we want to make a good game so people will have fun. We also want to make money because it's our job. The goal is to make a good game that people have fun and enjoy. Yeah. We want to respect our player base and we want to respect the people that give us money. And over time. As companies get bigger and bigger, like Activisions and in Bethesda, in that case and stuff like that, the focus becomes less about making a good game for the, the player. It becomes more about making money. And then eventually you get up to Activision Blizzard levels where the company is no longer about even making games. It's not about anything about respecting the user. The company is about making money. 
That's what the company does. The company makes money. Their product is making money. It's their focus. It's what all of the resources are used to. And sure, they make games to that end. But the focus of the company is no longer about the end user experience in any way. It's just about how much money they can get from them to keep that alive, essentially, and keep their board happy. Yep. So you either die, you either die in indie, or live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become a blizzard. <laughs> that's right. Damn, that's there correct. you go, man. Yeah, Damn. That's correct. Uh, I hate to say it, but that's like that's that's like the goal of all big companies. Like that's that's a is. public company. Yeah. It becomes it becomes right. eventually just to make money. That's what the company right. does. And unless you can somehow keep those core members that had the spirit and passion from the company started, which does happen sometimes, um, eventually that's just what it's going to become. Where well, every it, single person works at the company is there just to make money. And that's sometimes their, you know, those people do exist. Like you said, it's just other people buy in that just want yep. money uh, yeah. because they have money and they can do that. <laughs> that's also another situation where games started to grow so big that outside sources or outside influencers are like, oh, you're making money. I would like some money. Here's some money. And you're going to take my money and make more money with that. Right. Great. Okay. We'll see you in 10 years. By the way, fuck unions. I don't want any of that shit. By the way, make sure you get a mobile. Make sure you see, like all that starts coming into play. Right. Where money, so. money starts direction. I don't know. Like here, here's the thing. I'll be, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. For most indies, money is a core goal. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, it might even you have be the to highest have money priority. to live, but it's a necessity. Right. Yeah, but like most indie start a game with like I want to make this game, but really quickly that turns to like oh shit money, right? And we turn tend to externalize that risk by working with publishers. So it's not our money on the like if our game fails, too bad for Devolver Digital, but you know it's not our money, so it's fine. We got to make a game for two years, done. Right? It's not like it's not like. We're above, like, everybody does that to some degree, where the goal of a business of any size is to make money. That's true for game developers. It's true for Twitch streamers. It's true for literally anybody doing this weird creative commerce thing, where we are creatives, right? We do things because we love it, but the business reality is also there. and, And, you know, it's sort of, we shift between the two. If you're financially very stable, you might not worry too much about money anymore, which is, you know, that's a tremendous privilege and it's awesome. And you can really focus on the creative. But until you hit that point, it's always a dance where you're moving between the two. It's just the dance disappears. It stops being a dance. It just, it's money all the time only. And that, that's the, where, where Co is saying, like, you become the blizzard. When a company goes public, that's what has happened. Sure. Right, it's about the money always, and there's never the dance between like, okay, we've got enough money to take some risks. What cool stuff can we do? When the money you get on top of what you need starts being spent only on making more money, instead of going like, okay, let's take a creative risk, let's well, do something weird. You become risk averse at that stage, and that's the problem, right? Yeah. Because when EA had a whole bunch of money back in 2000, and I don't remember what it is. They made Mirror's Edge, they made Dead Space, and it was Golden HEA. It was weird. They had all the money because they were pumping out their FIFAs, they were pumping out their NFLs, they were pumping out year after year, and they were they were good games, but they were not special games. They weren't risky games. But when they had the money, they spent it on something risky. And I will always respect EA for that, right? That they took that gamble back then. But right now, you're seeing a lot of companies where it's just like, okay, we have extra money, let's fire a whole bunch of people so we have more money, and let's spend that money on another safe thing. Mobile game. Whatever it is, because <laughs> mobile game, NFT game, another oh, yeah. game in the NFTs, same series, right? Yeah. 
Right. Like, they're not creative risks. They're financial. What about a gotcha game where you get NFTs for playing? Ooh. Ooh. Boom! Did you get billion that? dollars. Yeah. Zeke's uh, head of the board. Congrats on your promotion, Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. I <laughs> did I just, did I just erode a little bit of your soul with that comment, Rami? <laughs> he probably got pissed no, I very fucking idea GDC multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just yeah. going through my listing if I, have a, if I have a board position at Activision Blizzard because I think you'd be perfect. <laughs> um, You're hired. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, I always wanted to sleep on a pillow made of money. But Scrooge McDuck I think that, with gold coins. Yep. Right. <laughs> but I think that's kind of my 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 thing here is just like I don't care that businesses want to maximize profits. Like, please do. But like, when you do, please use that money for something useful, or valuable, or nice, or to give back, or to improve the world or whatever the hell it is that you're <laughs> no. doing but that's the thing that's that's where the priority thing comes in it's like when you make a lot of money do you prioritize making more money or you know because like yeah do you prioritize making well, more money or making good products yes but also i think like <laughs> it's it's really important to it's really important to think about because there's a really compelling argument otherwise because you know rami you're saying like you know you can do good with it you could like fund new ventures you could create new products in the space you could do all sorts of interesting things with it but the problem is you could also buy yachts and yachts are really really cool that's true that's true so, like so wait boat. if i like if i can choose big. yeah if i can yeah. choose between like making my workers not have to work a second job or getting a yacht yeah i see what i mean that's i think clearly difficult, clearly different yacht. choice yeah, when that's out. a lot of. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you should see mine. It's a lot of fun. Wouldn't the employees be proud that I bought a yacht? Maybe they would feel better about their work, right? Do you think they actually think like in, that? In the CEO deathmatch, yeah, probably. I think they absolutely like. Again, going back to stuff we talked about on the show, people people eventually, I'm gonna say, evolve, maybe devolve into creatures where you start fundamentally, you completely lose sight of what you have. And your entire being becomes what you don't, and it it, right. it that's what you see like with the Bezoses of the world, and a yeah. lot of times with the CEOs of companies like this, where it's no long what you have is meaningless. The amount of money you have, the amount of boats you have, what you have is meaningless. What has meaning to you is your ability to acquire more. So it right. doesn't. The, you you ask like, how could these people not be happy? Well, they're not even they're they're in a completely different headspace. They're not even considering appreciating what they have. Their only focus is what they don't. So and like they've they've moved they've they've changed into that kind of new subhuman <laughs> and like that's their new way of thinking. So in their mind, yeah. they're they're not doing anything wrong because they're just doing they're just going after their ambitions, they're following their dreams. You know, they're just they're just doing their thing. So it's it's like they've they've lost a part of of what makes them empathetic to other yeah. people. Yeah, but maybe we should all upload them to like a metaverse and then just remove their physical bodies. That'd be great. I th yeah, fantastic. I, I also think it's it's also usually not a single person. It's the people around that person that like buy into that mentality that is also part of the problem, right? It's not just Kodak. It's Kodak and the entourage, the the people that you know say yes. The people say, oh yeah, that's a great yacht. Can I come out and use it this weekend? Cool. See you there, Bobby. Right? <laughs> like, right. It's that type of mentality. It's 
but that's why the unionization push, especially in the U.S., is so important right now. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. I think in Europe, we have our issues in Europe. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like the European games industry is, like, flawless. Like, we we have our nonsense. But the, there's that meme where it's, like, um, um, worker, worker, in, um, worker in Europe, like, I'm going in for surgery and I'm taking three weeks off afterwards. If you need me, like, you know, f- contact my colleague. I'll be back in September. And then the U.S. one... That's like, I'm going in for surgery. I'll be available on my mobile phone and I'll make sure I'm back at work in like two hours after. Yeah. Like, that is kind of the reality in, in many ways. And the unionization effort really forces sort of a, a push of US or at least North American working standards up close to the European ones. Then the European one, obviously, we get paid a lot less. It's just the reality of working in Europe because you have way more benefits and other things. So you don't need as much money. And there's going to have to be some sort of balancing act there in the future because right now it's just working with U.S. and European companies is wild. Because <laughs> you offer somebody in the in Europe like two thousand something uh, dollars in salary and they'll go like, "Oh my God, yes, let's go." You offer that to like somebody in the U.S. and they're like, "I I get like a hundred k plus doing a, a, a programmer's job. Like, what? Yeah. I'm not taking that job." And it's like. 100k plus doesn't sound like a real salary to Europeans. Like it's I'm, that's that's well that's wealth. I'm actually curious to to bring it into our our little industry in the streamer world. Like I wonder if I've never actually spoken to a European content creator about that the rate conversation. Cuz generally you don't share that much between streamers regarding that stuff. Every every streamer has their own rate and com- whatever they're right. comfortable with, but like I wonder if European rates are just lower across the board. Like, I wonder we if European streamers like also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder uh-huh. if they also charge, you know, for 10 platinum bars an hour. Is that just an American <laughs> thing? It might just be an American thing. It might just be, you know, accepted over here. I really don't I know. know. That. Is it not standard to get like a rub and tug with every sponsor gig for in Europe? Oh, yeah. for sure. Sometimes two or three, depending on the company. Yeah. Every contract's yeah. different, you know. Every... They get that in Europe? Rami's just gonna have to leave now. You've crossed the threshold. Of Rami's no longer interested. In no, but it's even it's even investors, right? Like you talk to investors in Europe versus the U.S., and you tell a, a U.S. investor what you're trying to get from a European investor, and they'll just laugh at the number. Like yeah. ev- everything money related in Europe is just lower numbers. Huh. Uh, oh, it, it's just just kind of the reality of it, but. Um, with this whole unionization push, there's obviously risks, right? Like if we're doing it on a company basis, it should be relatively safe. But then again, a lot of these companies are international and creating a U.S. union for a company that operates in Europe is going to cause trouble, mm. right? Like we're going to have to be very careful about how this is structured, but it is so important that workers just get more power because Bobby Kodak needs to fuck off and that's kind of like step one, but uh, at an industry level, we just need more power for workers. That's just it. Like, and it's weird for me to say that because I'm technically a company owner, but like, I'm. You have employees. I mean, I used to at, at Flambeer, and uh, you know, if I start something new, I will again because I start studios. That's what I do. But it's just so weird to me that people would try to stop the people that work from them for having power. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Because then they don't. That's their fear. 
right? Like power is everything to these people. That's why they don't want to give it up. Ultimately, <laughs> I do really wonder after uh, after the Xbox stuff goes through and and that's all done and said and done, if like Bobby is still there. I really, really like that. I think everyone's kind of waiting to see what that Wait, looks like. Did didn't he? Didn't they already say he's leaving after the merger? It's been a little bit of yes, a little bit of no, a little bit of who knows oh. type deal. Uh, I think I think the general what everyone's kind of accepted is that the golden parachute's going to occur, um, and mm-hmm. he'll you know jump out of the building and and safely land on his bed of money as he was aptly <laughs> saying earlier uh but yeah I, I i'm so curious to see what that looks like did y'all see the senators by the way come out and, and talk about uh, the antitrust stuff around the acquisition of uh activision blizzard it was like oh yeah, big yeah, yeah. Name. it was like senator uh warren oh, bernie not gonna happen uh no this yeah. was like a week ago they're they're saying oh. they're um they basically said, like, you need to make sure and look at this type deal. Uh, and it was a okay. bunch of, like, big-name senators, which it's one of those things where, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, I, I don't um, know why. It's like, what, like, are you, why now? Like, why speak out about this now? I, it just kind of came out of it's, nowhere. It's the numbers, mate. It's just $70 billion is a number. Just the number around it. Yeah. yeah. It's just the number $70 billion just makes people pay attention yeah the amount of you know the amount of interviews i've had with financial newspapers and 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 uh radio shows about that merger was ridiculous yeah like no merger before has ever done bethesda nobody cared in the game industry at least yeah in the games industry people cared but in the finance industry nobody nobody gave a shit everybody was like oh so nice to be able to curse again um <laughs> Nobody, nobody, nobody gave a shit. But it was uh, this one. It's just it's every, it, it's been continuous. It's just nonstop. People are like, "Oh, tell us about the merger." I'm like, "Company bought company. It's kind of happening in the games industry." Like, right? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, we'll we'll see when all that goes through later. Uh, what is that? 2023? Is that when that was yeah. supposed to? Yeah. Yeah. And then we meanwhile, lots of love for the people at Activision Blizzard, and also fuck Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Both statements should be true. Yeah. Uh, we got like thirty minutes to get. We could talk some video games. Rami, you broke a Steam Deck. How'd that happen? What? what oh uh, yeah. I think we're all. It was in my bag. Okay. Are that you playing TSA it... for this? Is oh, oh okay. nope. No, you just nope. It was literally just in. <laughs> it was in my bag, and. It it just it, you know it that I can grab it I guess I can show you what it looks like it's not pretty though it's like yeah uh, sure this... let's uh, people want to see a broken Steam Deck let's let's see what that looks like he's so excited right this. Back. <laughs> I loved his uh, just complete malaise around that whole situation fantastic stuff I think between the three of us we haven't really been playing too much uh, games we're kind of just i'm revisiting old stuff co i think you're you did some x4 are you done with tiny tina is that all wrapped up tiny tina did every single side quest i could like okay. i loved it my best favorite borderlands game um triangle strategy this morning oh uh, that game it i played about almost four hours of triangle strategy it hasn't hooked me yet but the gameplay and stuff is fun so i'm gonna give it another session and see if the story can do anything and 
Sweet. I played the Returnal DLC too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Fun. Yeah, uh, remind me to circle back to that. Oh, is that a, a, an exclusive game? Triangle's ready. Fun. Yeah, Switch exclusive. Switch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, Square Enix. Because I'm looking at uh, Senkaku Renai Love Triangle Trouble, and that probably is not the game that you're talking about. No. At all. No. All right. Let's. Oh. Oh no. So. Carrying uh, case to go with that thing. Man. That's just done. So what's yeah, the process? Yeah. Uh, do do you, is Valve able to repair that? Are you just out of Steam Deck? What's have you gone down I mean, that path yet? This is technically a dev kit, so I have to report a broken dev kit, which is always fun. I don't oh. think they actually have a process for broken dev kits yet, so yeah. figure it out. But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it it's definitely it's. It's broken. There's Windows 10 on it because I wanted to play Destiny on it, so I mm-hmm. reinstalled. I installed it with Windows, but yeah, the screen is the screen is utterly gone. Um, it'll need a yeah, like people are saying, it'll need a new screen. People say the screen is replaceable. It's a dev kit. I'm just gonna send it back. Yeah, uh, and because it's a dev kit, I still have a commercial unit coming in soon that I bought, so I'm not too worried about it. I just feel a little bad having to send Steam back. A, can you still Broken use HDMI kit. out on it? That kind of defeats the purpose because oh. if you're near a monitor, you're yeah, right, probably at home. I mean, but... I it, it's just weird because I have my analog pocket on me, I have my switch on me, I travel carefully with my bag. Like I've never had anything like this happen. Oh, to so you any don't device. even know when it happened? You just took it out and it was shattered. Yeah, oh, I, I travel. I traveled to Munich. I was going to play some Destiny. I booted it up and it just looked like that. And I'm like, that's really hard. To play destiny when your screen looks like that <laughs> yeah, yeah i can't see the hud uh it's difficult yeah um but yeah Things no do it it, better when you can when you can see them yes you know uh, just slightly more pleasant uh <laughs> but yeah so i don't know i still like the steam deck i think it's a great device i don't understand how it's possible that the screen broke i think that i have a feeling that the weight might have laid on the back and that the back more flexible than we think because the front feels the, the glass feels strong and it, it doesn't seem to me that the screen would break that easily but i just genuinely don't know what happened so looks like a, a point crack if you look at where the, yeah. the shattering is you have like you have like a, a lattice where it looks like something hit at a point yeah yeah i'm pretty oh. sure the haps to my switch too but that one didn't break so i don't know yeah, just very unfortunate. Kind of sad about it. Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, those things are hot commodity right now. Hard to get. Well, I mean, does anybody want to buy a broken Steam <laughs> dev kit? <laughs> broken dev kit Steam thing. Yeah, yeah reach out to, to Rami on Twitter. Let him know. I still got mine reserved. It says uh, July, September. Yeah, I never I never reserved. Did you yeah. reserve one, Co? Yeah, I did. I, I haven't. Hold on, let me see. If you actually, if you reserved one, if you go and look at the page it'll show you the date yeah so oh, really? mine says your expected order availability is q3 2022 july september yep. Yep. I'm, yeah i'm there too yeah wait let me see then where where do you see it uh if you go to the actual steam page and scroll down the the one that you ordered will have it right under the reservation cost 
Oh, I'm not logged in. I'm like, where the hell is my order? Are they watching right now? And they're just like, yeah, Rami, I'm getting <laughs> And canceled. <laughs> this one you reserved you. I reserved mine on July 16th of last year. So I don't know if you reserved it before that. You're I was July 17th. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even see mine till end of 2023 at this point if I went to go buy one. I have Is April, June. Production? Oh, Ooh, there you go. April, June. When did you reserve oh. yours on? Yeah. Uh, July 16th. Oh, wow. Okay. How the hell are you getting yours first? Well, he's That's got awesome. those. Uh... Same day. That was like, that was when the reservations went live, right? Like, yeah, it was immediately. It's just different points of that day. Yeah. Yeah. You know how we have streamer privilege, Zeke? He's got developer privilege. Okay. Indie he dev gets, privilege. He gets those links True. a little bit faster than we do, if you know True. what I'm saying. Well, well done, wish... indie dev privilege. <laughs> I, I mean, really a positive review Valfort from Rami myself. is like, it's worth its weight in gold in the in the industry, you know? Like, yeah. uh, I, mean, I don't know if you I... ever watch, if you ever look at Rami's Twitter account, like half of those are paid for. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can... Pay, paid for by like sleepless hours and regrets on my side. <laughs> 90% of the time I tweet, I look back at the tweet, I'm like, why did I why did I type? I think my life would be better if I did not have a keyboard. Like just genuinely think my life would be better. Maybe. Um I don't know. I I mean I'm still playing on the analog pocket. That thing is great. That's the the download a game a day. What's the frequency they released there? No, 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 no. That's the play date. Oh, that's that the thing play is date. also okay. cool. Yeah. The analog pocket is the Game Boy. Oh right, so right the right, game yeah. boy that plays the actual Game Boy cartridges. I'm playing Golden Sun again on it, and I'm yeah, halfway through last, the last stage. I think Zeke, didn't you look into buying one of those? Or last time Rami was on, he mentioned. I don't know if you ended up getting one though. No, I I I, I looked into it, but I don't. I it wasn't available or something, if I remember correctly. But I don't know. Got it. That sounds like analog. They're kind of the worst. They're really yeah. like I love the device. Bite. I love. Okay, let me let me put this just the very most honest uh, way. No, no. Clips I, done. <laughs> well, in that case, just make a new clip. The analog pocket Shit. is an incredible device. Analog is the worst company I've ever bought anything from ever. Oh. Like their communication is bad. The their 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 reservation system is bad. The way they. Uh, the way they deal with everything is just atrocious and annoying. So and you learn about game company. <laughs> you learn the products are so you good. learn about if you bought something, you learn about a delay after the internet learns of it. Like uh, it's just it's everything they do is just made to maximum piss you off if you've bought something. <laughs> um but then the devices are so good. Yeah. The analog pocket is so good, but then I I really don't ever want to buy anything from them ever again until they make the next thing that is so good. Got it. <laughs> until you forget that I want it bad. immediately. Yeah. And then I'll instantly pre-order it and then just hate myself again <laughs> for the two and a half years that I'm waiting for the thing that was going to be delivered in three weeks. Ah, the pre-order life. That's how it goes. I have Kickstarters that delivered faster than the analog pocket. Wow. I got a smart That's prayer heavy. rug. Wait. Smart prayer rug. All right. Now we got a Muslim the... smart oh, prayer rug. What? Yeah. I don't know which, ways, uh, which way it needs oh, to be. That's, that's the one that has the U.S. Secret Service software tucked in it, right? Yes. That's <laughs> yes, smart absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The U.S. TSA, check this, man. That thing was delivered faster than my analog pocket, which is nonsense. Like, that's just. 
it's a smart prayer rug. How many people buy a smart prayer rug? Like that can't be. What I I have to know what's smart about the like what is I'm it? I'm guessing do? it, it re- like, okay, have like a on, compass and stuff in it too. It probably shows you which way to face. It probably has like uh, uh like uh, resettable alarms and stuff like that to tell you like it's uh, it's prayer time shit like that. What else? It's, it also it also has a screen that shows you the text that you need to to read for prayer and it can read them along shit. with you. Uh, it can <gasps> show, it tell you. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> I would love that. Well, it's not smart enough. Can it play Doom? No. Does it have I a mean, massage function? It's clearly some sort of Android device, so I probably can't play Doom. <laughs> and I will say, I would normally always mod a device like that. And yeah, something one, about my Muslim yeah, soul. Just, that one just, might it be a little I can, tough. I can, I can, just can you imagine going can, to Allah and just being like, yeah, the, the Doom soundtrack just kicks in. <laughs> oh, and Allah's just like, so, hey, what's <laughs> up with putting the demons on my prayer rug? Does it... <laughs> what's up with that? And then it has it has the prayer rug for the Blizzard Activision execs that just, you press a button, it just reads the prayers for you so you don't have to. I know, right? So, true. I mean, my lord, if you has time for that, yeah, true. so, you know. Right. Yeah. Does it, yeah, every does it time count, you press like, the button... You also fire yeah, like... a person, so they feel good about <laughs> <laughs> A little reminder to fire someone every every person. Yeah, sure. Why not? That's the DLC. I'm just though. wondering if it has like a like a, a like 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 a step counter counters counts your like your your uh how often you like you, Yeah, it tells you how many calories you burned at the end of your session. Jeez. I feel like you two should start a company for yeah, smart you guys, Have you been to Kickstarter.com? <laughs> man, man. <laughs> they sell uh, good you, ideas on paper, but man, I wouldn't. You already have the. You already have halal beards. You'll totally. You could totally pass. Like it's fine. You just need to learn how to say "Assalamu alaikum," brothers and sisters, and everybody <laughs> will believe you're Muslim. It'll be fine. Jesus, that's a, I mean, that's a future movie right there. Comedy. When Cohen Zeke. Zeke, Zeke and Co accidentally start a smart prayer company. Yeah, I would watch that movie. But I think it would be it inadvertently becomes a like inadvertently would... becomes a clone company. So we just clone executives and then just have them do the prayer every day, and that way the execs get their free pass, and and they don't have to. They can keep doing their exec thing. Brilliant, perfect, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that just gave me an idea I'll, for I'll a, bring back the uh, terrible um, movie. Yeah. Where you hire people to do your prayers for you every day. It's like it's like we'll you pay us, we'll pray for you on your behalf. I hope what it's was not the thing? thing? Like back in the day, they had it. You could pay for sins. It was it was called something. Yeah. They had a had a term it's called the Catholic it. Church. Well, yeah, it was sort <laughs> of, but it actually was a um, um, indulgences. Yeah, plenary indulgences. Yeah, you could you could like pay to get like it, pay your sins off. Basically, <laughs> you can huh. still do that. It's technically not, you know, I mean, not completely the, tr- the truth, but like they encourage it for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think you absolutely can still do that. I'm pretty sure you can. Wild. Yeah. That might yeah, be the first time rug. we've had a conversation about religion on this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Took seven years. Here we are. Smart prayer rug. Assalamu alaikum. I, I, I did it. I did it. Yeah. 
Uh, I thought we were already talking about Ramadan earlier, so I guess it was sort of... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of I kind of snuck it in. You're probably right. You're probably right. That's, um, how the, that's how they get you, man. They sneak you in for like conversation, man. <laughs> I will never forget it my dad. It sounds pretty reasonable. <laughs> my dad, growing, when I was growing up, we would sometimes have people at the door that would try to like bring religious, like, yeah. I don't know, like advertisements to us. Of course. And we'll never forget my dad because he would always just like go like oh yeah please come in and then you know offer them tea or coffee and just sit them down next to our entire cabinet full of Qurans and other religious texts <laughs> and i've never seen people more uncomfortable than that yeah. in my entire life and i've seen people in like random checks i've seen people whose car was getting pulled apart to see if there was drugs in them and there probably was drugs in them but like <laughs> the just the the sight of those people just sitting there and just going like what a nice house Just keeps going. Did they continue? Meanwhile, I can I can imagine your dad sitting on the other edge. So I know you wanted to talk to me about Genova and how you witnessed him, but I'd really like to talk to you about the Quran. <laughs> That's literally what he would do. He'd be like, so because they would always go like, we'd like to talk about God, and he would sit them down and he'd go like, so yes, about God, and he just grabbed a book from the cabin and then just went like. So have you read this? Yeah, that, that's my favorite, uh, you know, religious figure, Genova. Genova from Final Fantasy VII. Right. Yeah, is that not who they? Yeah, that's who no, they... that's correct. Yeah, I'm... yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, Genova's witnesses. <laughs> it's good. No, it's we good. Don't, I don't. I mean... We don't get that many people coming around, but like, I was thinking about that. Like, the first thing, one Sephiroth of the first was. things they would see, like if we invited, uh, like Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or or whoever knocks on doors, whatever uh, uh, sections. Uh, of religion knocks on doors one of the first things they would see would be a pride flag with a a, a baphomet pentacle on it and a pot leaf behind it like that's one of the first things they would see when they walk in the door so i wonder what they think about that yeah i don't think we've ever when i lived in texas we got it a lot but up here in st louis we haven't had mormons or anyone visit the house like that texas though we got it all the time i never answered the door I never actually had a conversation with one or had to like, you know, get one to stop talking before I just never answered right. playing well. I just like the the way my dad did. It was always so respectful until they let themselves out. Yeah, no, that's the great, it that's was... a great situation. Yeah. Right. Your dad did it the, the correct way. Yeah. It's, it's a nice way. I mean, I've, for now, you know, like uh, it's, many years since i've seen, seen him do that but I, I think i've always been sort of raced like that with like you let people believe whatever they want talk to them about it if you want to and every now and then troll them yeah have a little fun Just, yeah, yeah it might as well like it we're talking well. about like we're talking about like invisible things that nobody can prove besides your own personal faith in it so you might as well have some fun with it like, that's correct why not that's a very good way to put it without a doubt Right. Uh, hey, we need this. Is a, we got admit video games? We, we do play them. We have 13 oh, minutes. Oh, Kirby, Kirby, video Kirby. Oh, you here? Kirby we might actually really have good. to say this is a Kirby moment because the three of us, I'm sorry to say, will never touch that game. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, we're just not. It's uh, we won't partake in it the is. Kirbiness. How is it? It's, it is Nintendo so good. games are, are so hard for me to touch anymore, like Metroid. Is the only like title that I, I I would actually go back for. 
Yeah. But like Kirby is like the most brutal character in video game history. Did you? I I actually Explain. funny enough, I watched a uh, a video on what is Kirby. Did you know that Kirby is the personification of good from the creator of the universe? That's his actual lore. Well, that's why the universe is fucked up. If that is what that good he... is, then like, <laughs> is that why he eats everything? I don't know. He's he is he is the positive slash good side of the creator of the universe, and the bad guy in the Kirby verse, which I forget the name of. The Kirby verse. Oh, there's a whole thing. I went, uh, yeah, I went down a deep hole. Um, didn't play the, the game, but I know all about the uh, <laughs> all about the lore. The, sh the short version is Kirby is the most horrifying creature in every video game ever made. Like, if that if this was an Elder Ring boss, you could just delete Elder Ring because you ain't beating <laughs> Elder Ring. Kirby will fuck you up every single time. Like, and then he will use you to kill your friends. Yeah. We use whatever powers you have to murder everybody you love and then absorb them too. Kirby is the scariest thing I've ever seen in a video game. Unflinching. Okay, well. And his Why? In his mouthful mode. This is what Kirby is. Anyway, it's a great video game. Yeah. Having fun with well, I, gotta, I actually have to concur with you. I have to agree with you there, Rami, that uh, Kirby was responsible for uh, several holes in my drywall, uh, my apartment's drywall when I was, uh, due, to, due to one of my friends coming over and we're playing Smash together. Oh. And he mastered <laughs> yeah. the... Off the edge, drill kick you oh. down. Kick, yep. And I, I, I had no, I couldn't figure out how to defend against it, and he did it over and over again. And yep. I, rather than punch him, you know, I made the right choice, and I punched through my wall. Right. Yep. No, I mean, I'm a Kirby main in Smash, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a troll in Smash. So. Oh, we were friends! Uh, Sorry. We are, but not during Smash. Nobody's okay. friends during Smash. Friendships um, uh, are on hold. Yeah, yeah. temporarily paused. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so, you know, you, you three don't care. But for chat, if you, if you like Kirby in 2D, they made it work in 3D. Yeah. And it feels sort of, it almost feels easy how well they did it. But it is full of really, really clever game design. Like, this is one of the cleverest conversions from 2D to 3D I've ever seen uh it just it just works it's super good it's pleasant relatively straightforward i play i play a level a night before like i play video games until i have suhoor until i have my morning breakfast before ramadan and then um and then after i eat i play one level of kirby and after playing a level of kirby i go to bed and it's been great it's chill it's straightforward it's cute uh, you can fuck shit up real bad for everybody around you. Just here, you eat some tiny dogs. What's like, your dog. uh, Let, let's absorb it forever? What's your favorite mouthful mode? Big question. Uh, I really like the sequence where you are um, where you are a light bulb. It's like a haunted house. Hey, actually, it's that one. It's a haunted house, uh, and you are a light bulb, and you create light. Uh, to sort of see where you have to go, it has uh, it oh. has co-op. Um, the game has co-op, so if you play together, that's a really really fun sequence. Oh, it looks oh, like yeah. it has a little bit of Katamari in there too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Kirby is a, see that giant ape? You would think that ape is scary. That ape is nothing on Kirby. <laughs> no, yeah, he's look, Kirby so is since, a positive. Kirby is like the most terrifying thing in the in the video game universe. Dude, is the game just super easy? I mean, yes, because you are Kirby. You are death. You are <laughs> you are, you are death, terror, destroyer of worlds. There is no game that has such a good power fantasy as Kirby. Like, you cannot be stopped. Everything cowers for you. And everything that doesn't cower for you is used to murder its friends. Like, it is the most mafia game ever made, including mafia. Like, and, Doom, wow. Doom, Doom stands no chance. Give me one video game character that would stand a chance against Kirby. You can't. There's nobody. Doom Slayer? No, of course not. So just suck up Doomslayer and then have a gun. What about the King of the Cosmos? Nope. Suck it up. No. What about like no, Katamari? No. It'll just be a bigger Katamari. Oh, okay. That's oh. fair. Nothing. Is Kirby no, the most no. powerful video game character ever created? Easily. I think that's what we're going at. Yeah, I think that's that's where we're headed. That might be uh might be correct. Has he died or can he die? No. Kirby no. Die? Kirby's eternal. No, he can't. Wow. Trados, come on, people. Let's stay serious. <laughs> You're saying this immortal being who is uh, pure terror just creates these games for himself to play. He doesn't have yeah. to. He's no. He's just been just around fun. so long, he's bored, Ooh. and he needs to entertain himself for eternity, and this is what he chooses right. to do. Somebody brought up a very good point. Okay. Guybrush Threepwood, who would, who would most likely attack his his is mind get insults yeah nope. someone in my chat said this is a superman problem you just need a wizard to perform magic on kirby that has also like weakness? remember what is kirby's one weakness he's got to have it what do you what do you mean a weakness <laughs> no no weakness he has oh, a even, even in... maybe that's his weakness I think even in smash in in uh, smash ultimate it was kirby that survived the whole happening that's because didn't didn't the creator of Smash also create Kirby? Doesn't that doesn't that make sense? He, cre <laughs> he created God. He created. It, you either pray towards Mecca or you pray towards Kirby. Like it's one of two. Like, <laughs> there's no other option. Is that is there a? Is Those there are a your button? two options. Yeah. On the smart on mat. The smart rug. There's no button. It's a Kirby. And then you like not to orient Kirby. towards towards Mecca or Kirby or Kirby. <laughs> I think the I think the rug would try to turn you towards Kirby. And if you don't, Kirby would Kirby would just stand next to the rug and just go until it points him. No, Kirby, Kirby is Kirby is everything. Okay, that's great. You cannot stop Kirby. Anyway, good video. Never ever thought about him like that, dude. Real talk. If you want any issues with it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, as Zeke said, you are completely OP all the time for everything. I've heard it's Which is easy. an actual real thing in Kirby games. Like, okay. Um, but it, a lot of it is about sort of like, they have these new micro objectives that are half times they're really fun, half the time they're kind of like, eh. Um, but yeah, if you, if you don't like super accessible games, Kirby probably, Kirby probably ain't it for you. Okay. Uh, but if you just want something like fun, creative, and smart, 
yeah, I can 100% recommend it. Easy pitch. Still, I think it's a full price game, right? Still 60 bucks. Full price Switch game. They, do you have the voucher thing in the US? I don't know what you mean. Yep. Vouchers exist either. here. Yeah. I don't know which one on, you're referencing. Uh and <laughs> on the Switch you can uh you can uh you can buy a ninety nine dollar double voucher pass. Oh and oh and I then for ninety nine Yeah. We don't you, Jet's saying we don't okay. have that, they took it away. They're great. I just keep buying those vouchers because it means I can buy two full price games for like 20% off every single time. So I just kind of keep doing that. Yeah. I said we, uh, they're we, permanent here. So they're great. So we have in the past, but I don't think so anymore, according to a couple people. So wait a guy. I mean, I bought... you, have, you have like basically like digital gift cards that don't expire. Yeah. Well, they're Nintendo how providers. Did, how does your country even run? I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> um, no, what else did I buy on the Switch? Oh, Aegis Rim is coming out. I'm super excited about replaying Ooh. Aegis Rim. Yeah, that's this next Switch. week or something, right? I, I want to say I just uh, sometime in April. I'm glad. I'm glad you messaged me this week instead of next week because I would have been like, "I'm sorry, mate, but I'm play I'm this. playing the I'm playing the time travel game again." Are they doing anything new for the Switch version, or like any new content or anything, or just the same one? Uh, I don't know, but that game was so good that I will just I I have to replay it. Did you do everything the first time? Like get all the get the secret ending and everything? hundred percent at the hell out of it because my nice. god, that game was worth hundred percenting. A good one. Mm. Y'all that I'm just playing Destiny, so I'm useless. <laughs> as of uh, this morning, I guess the review embargo is up. They said it's a picture perfect port for the Switch. Oh, that's good go. to hear. Yeah. That is the best after- news I could have heard. Especially after the last big port news, poor Chrono Cross man, Talk yeah, about getting dicked. Yeah. Like they're talking about bad? on the P. Oh, dude, they're saying that there's parts that yeah. there's worse performance in the remaster than the original. Yeah, like the emulator doesn't. The original work. was not good. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the uh, the emulator like doesn't work. Also, they 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 have. I never actually got an actual. Uh, if if this is in the game or not in the game. They did a bunch of remixes of all the music in Chrono Cross, which to begin with, like, why? But the music that they did create that is a remix of all this stuff is awful. But I think the bass music is still in the game. But there were conflicting reports at one point that it wasn't in the game. And so I don't know if it's in the game or it's not in the game or if there's a toggle. Wait. Chad is saying it is now. Okay. It is in the oh, game. Thank God. Thank God. My God. Can you it's imagine like one of the best releasing... soundtracks of all the time? <laughs> Can you imagine releasing that without the music? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it would be uh, absolutely wild for sure. Uh, is there any other video games happening right now, you guys? Because not really. You like, guys are on PC more than I am. We're playing old stuff, I think. Zeke's doing indie stuff, but there's not any new indie stuff. I don't, I don't think, right, Zeke? It's all older oh, well, games. There's... <laughs> Well, there's, there's always new indie stuff there's every day. Yeah. Every, yep, new yeah. one right now on Steam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, no, I, 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 I'm going back over the stuff that I wanted to play when it came out, but I was, I'm doing this that whole hundred thing, yeah. hundred month something. Uh, oh, but right. I picked up, I repicked up, uh, not for broadcast. That's been a fucking. Oh idea. yeah. 
Yeah. I just bought that on your recommendation. I had so many people come in after watching your stream and be like, dude, you need to play this game. This game's incredible. It's fun. It's oh, a man. lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, cool. Should be finishing it up uh, Monday or excuse me, Tuesday. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's great. Uh, and then uh, let's see. Yeah, I've, I've, I found a couple of, of indie gems that yeah. are, I've been playing a lot offline. Uh, one being Forward Escape the Fold that we discussed once before. Yeah. Just a card, like, journey game, whatever. Uh, and then I've been, I've just been playing Patrick's Parabox. Oh, yes. Which no. is, I have you heard of that game, Robbie? Which one? It's called Patrick's Parabox. It's like Paradox, but with a B. Um, oh. it, it gives me, like, uh, a little, like, uh, Baba Is You vibes. Like, it's a puzzle game all the way through. Uh, but there's a ton of puzzles. I've finished 200 and some God. already. Um, and I am, and some of them are real, like, I got to really think about, um, it looks like I, eh, this is one of those weird games. Like I, it says I have 29 hours, but I Probably leave it on. It yeah. You know? yeah. Leave it on, leave it open. So, but like, it's been a treat. Like they, like every new area, they change up the mechanics, like what the boxes do and stuff like that. So it keeps it nice and fresh. Yeah. And some of them are real, real brain, brain stumpers. But uh, yeah, I'm, I've just been uh, doing that. Sweet. Already really like this person. You made it. <laughs> Why is that? Trainer. Uh, just the, the the stuff that they've done. Oh, okay. A uh, lot of I want to be the guy fan, fan games. I know oh, if you really? remember I want to be the guy. Oh, that's why Zeke but... likes it so much. He's a huge, <laughs> right. He's a huge I want to be the guy fan. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just like if you go to their portfolio, it's just I want to be the guy. Just. 75 times over so got it uh and they made an i want to maker which is a level editor and online sharing systems for i want to be the guy fan games so nice Cody yeah. mentioned uh returnal dlc any story yep. elements in that or is yes. it just there is is it, absolutely is it right when you start up more story or an end it's it's more <laughs> information in the world i i've not uh, gotten to the ending yet okay. but there's it actually there's there's absolute story elements that happen as you do the roguelite game um basically a giant tower and it like appears and your character goes in and as you do runs you collect items that go into like kind of a house situation if you remember the house how yeah. continually like grow there's a situation like that where you get items you keep going the rooms are random uh you can get all those you utilize all those weapon passives which go in and follow you in through the level so you can kind of keep getting those up there's new weapons nice. it's really cool especially for free yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have to go. I'd love to talk more about it. And also, oh, yeah, Zeke, yeah. I, I know you recommended not for broadcast for me. Kaido Files, the Lost Judgment DLC. I spent oh, almost it's... 10 hours playing the Lost Judgment DLC. It is awesome. It's on my short list. Awesome. Oh, man. I would have loved to talk about it more. But yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I, I have to dip. Do more. some shout outs like, real quick. On time today. Okay. Yeah. Thank you all so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry, but I have to go. I got to go get dinner. I have a scheduled dinner I have to pick up. So. Thank you all for being here. Big thank you to Rami as always, Zeke and JP as well. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next week, if not earlier. And coming up, we have Solasta DLC, X4, uh, playing Triangle Strategy and a lot of other fun stuff. So stop by the channel if I don't see you next week. Cool. Bye. Good luck. Enjoy dinner. Thank you. All right. I'm, I'm just going to X out. I'm yeah, good. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah, part I, I haven't He looks so handsome else. when he does that. It's always a great time. Yeah, when, when just... we get this. This version of Co. He, he looks like beautiful man. He looks like Kirby. Yeah. He looks like he's gonna get ready to suck <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> That's how Kirby looks.
for sure. Cor- Cor- Corby? I guess you can make it work. Really <laughs> Corby? Oh, no. Could be Corby. Or just Could Kobe. Be. Oh, no. No, I'm not no. Oh, man. You, be okay. Let's, everyone's bringing down the mood. Bringing it down. Uh, yeah, in terms of what I've been playing, I spent another 30 hours in Anno 1800. That game's still oh, shit. very good. Um, me and friend of the show, Gas Mexican, went in uh, with the goal of hitting tier five because we never got to it in the past. We had always hit tier four, and the management sim that is that game just became way too overwhelming. And so we just we, we couldn't do it. Uh, we jumped into this one co-op. So it's instead of each of us having our own faction in co-op, it's two people controlling one faction. So you can separate all the different uh oh. right so like he would deal with the military and i would focus on city growth or he would deal with a certain aspect of the evolution of the the game and i would deal with another aspect and we kind of divvy up um that is super cool and you can go up to four four people as well on one uh faction so i think you can get up to 16 people in that game uh which is insane to consider but yeah, that, that game, I, I think that game solidified to be like one of my favorite games uh, of all time. It's in the list, however long that list is. Just an absolute great thing to jump in and time just evaporates. We would do like, right. we would start at four our time and 10 o'clock would hit after we, we would like blink. We wouldn't get up to use the restroom. The dogs weren't going out. We both have dogs. <laughs> we were like, oh God, it's Tim. We got to take the dog out. That time we'd. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Crazy part is we that game released in 2019. And so season four actually comes out in two days for the DLC. So they've had three full seasons of DLC for it. And in the base game, there's two worlds. There's the old world and the new world that you can like build in. Now there's five total worlds. We saw the base stuff. We never even saw the other three worlds because it was I we couldn't actually manage that like mentally. Our brains are were just mush by the end of that. So, the trade routes and all the different things that you can do. We were just like, nah, man, we just can't. Like, I don't <laughs> we need a third person in here to manage that shit. So we'll probably go back to it in the future. Um and, and revisit it here to to see the new DLCs because the game just there's always more to do in that game, it seems. Um, we're very rich now. We have $2 million in the bank, which is a lot, <laughs> and we can uh, we can start to do some things with that. So is it that complicated? Yeah. You're, it's very complicated. Uh, you're managing, you know. I think at this point we have probably 30 trade routes with two ships on each trade route that are going between, like, 12 different islands that have different things growing on each island that you need to make sure to facilitate you know your tier three workers need canned food blah 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 blah. it just it goes on forever so that was fun and then uh we were i was playing that on stream and then playing league off stream and league still a pain in the ass uh and that's gonna always be the case (laughs) i keep playing um not really you ask if there's anything new coming up uh final fantasy's got a patch on tuesday uh 6.1 so that's a big patch for 14 um lost ark's got some stuff coming down the line i think in april so that'll probably be a a big deal that people are playing on twitch at least uh but in terms of like big releases 
I I don't know if there's one until <laughs> like, I can load up Wikipedia real quick. Um, my calendar or nothing. So yeah, I mean, upcoming games. Let's see. Uh, I did play Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Uh, if How you like, it? if you like Lego games and you like Star Wars, this is a good Lego Star Wars game. It's got nine films in it. You open it up and it's like here's 700 puzzles in this game. Good luck. Jesus. Uh, each each movie is about uh, two to three hours if you're just doing the main story. Um, I think it has 300 playable characters in it. It's it's a pretty massive undertaking uh, that they've. they've put that in sounds there. that sounds too much. It's a lot. I did uh, I did episode one and realized that I don't remember that movie whatsoever from my childhood, um, <laughs> and that was kind of fun. And also, Darth Maul is probably like still the hypest encounter in Star Wars. Uh, it really is. is fucking incredible. Uh, and they they have these cute little dioramas when you're selecting the movie that might be oddly enough one of the best parts of the game. It looks really cool. Um, so I jumped into that. Chrono Cross came out on the seventh for that uh, Radical Dreamers edition. What is this? Uh, the twelfth? Is the uh, Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Rim for Rami? Yep, um, I'm. Um, wait, but just on it's just being released on re-released on Switch, right? Yeah, Switch and P. Yeah, yeah, Switch already out on PS4. But, yeah, it was originally any... on PlayStation. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way to send the image to you, JP? Oh, here, there it is. I don't know where you're. Sorry, I mean, yeah, you I was... found a way. I don't know where it's coming from, though. There <laughs> you go. It's it's in your Twitter DMs. I just I just needed to do this. Okay. Let's see. nice uh, nice i think that's important yeah uh oh, can, I have to... can, you just, can you just replace uh replace something there yeah uh i, I will in due time currently chrome oh, has frozen my machine <laughs> as it does Apologies. can i just do this ah beautiful and then i can do a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of that I think it's actually fine if we just remove that. I think so. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what all this is about. Oh, it's just a small thing that I thought was important. Well, now I've gone and done it. I don't know what I pushed, so we're just going to do it live. There we go. There we go. <laughs> nice. That's beautiful. Much better. Much better. The weird part. Oh, he's going to oh, have the glasses and the beanie and stuff. Oh, man, he's going to shoot. Just fart rainbows at his ass. It's like, oh, that's gonna be a terrible condition. Well, I don't know why I didn't I just do that. Beautiful. I think this is perfect. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Great. Good. Great. I think Explorer's frozen on that PC now. Really <laughs> uh, yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Uh, we got Sea of Thieves update on the twenty first. Overwatch 2 close beta on the 26th. I'll probably be playing that and hoping to catch fire twice uh, with that. Uh, we'll see if that actually occurs. Nintendo Switch Sports on the 29th. We could probably do something with that on uh, on the show. That might be oh, kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, Nintendo let's Switch Sport of what? Uh, Nintendo Switch, Sport. Switch Sports. The Wii oh, Sports. yeah. I do want to play that. That yeah. does look good. Yeah. You want to come back here and suffer with us on the first? Yeah. Okay, you're welcome to join uh, us on a little. Uh, we not adventure, to... huh? 
Which is it just we're gonna play we're gonna play switch sports yeah yeah we do uh, yeah. some bowling some uh badminton there's, yeah. there's four or five sports in there i'm in okay good okay. we need four three is an odd number so we can do some 2v2 stuff uh and then trek to yumi looks pretty good on the fifth that's a devolver um samurai game song of conquest which is like the kickstarter here's my magic that's on the 10th of may salt and sacrifice on the 10th of may deliver us the moon on the 19th vampire the masquerade on that's the 19th of may yet. i think oh yeah that is a that's a new gen release so that's on the ps5 xbox series x oh okay okay pretty May. sure the next yeah, like rest of the moon mario strikers on the 10th of june oh i'm up for that monster Hunter rise sunbreak on the 30th of june i mean saints row on the 23rd of august if you're excited for that warhammer 40 dark tide on september 13th Forspoken, I guess Forspoken is the next big game on the 11th. And Gotham Knights on the 25th. Wait, didn't Gotham Knights? No, that was Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. So October is when we start getting the the bigger games, I guess. Forspoken and Gotham Knights. Until then, whew. <laughs> There's... Oh, no. Yeah. I guess well, I like to just play the games we already bought. Like, I'm still like, yeah. trying to go through all that shit. No. For sure, like Elden Ring, I'm still busy with. Destiny keeps going. Uh, Horizon, Forbidden West, I still want to finish. I'm gonna replay Aegis Rim. Middle of that, yeah. That's gonna happen. Cult of the Lamb, gonna... by the way, put out some new gameplay the other day. That's that uh, Devolver game that was shown at Gamescom opening night live. I think game's looking really good. Uh, it's looking really, really good. They don't have a release date to it yet. Sometime this year, I think, is still planned. Are you using the Metacritic, the Metacritic upcoming game releases page or another no, one? I've got uh, I've got one. Uh, JPD I'm on my mods made it. I'm on. I'm oh nice. I'm on the Metacritic one, and the first upcoming release PC game is the weirdest title I've ever heard for a video game. What's that? It's called Hentai Mission Ukraine. That's gonna do it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. To no, 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 no. <laughs> Good, good way to close the show. Yeah, let's, Perfect. Uh, let's do just, some shout-outs so here. Ideas. Yeah, really a great show. Uh, Zeke, yeah. do some shout-outs. What's up, everybody? I'm Ezekiel the Third. You can find me at or slash Ezekiel underscore I, I on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, or Ezekiel the Third, all spelled out on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you, Rami, for being on the show. And uh, <laughs> God damn, I love you. I love you so much. Um, also, thank you to JP and Co. As always, for being great co-hosts. Uh, if you want to catch me, I will be on stream uh, Tuesday. I take Mondays off, so uh, Tuesday I'll be finishing up. Not for broadcast. We have a little bit left of that game, and I'm excited to see where it ends up. Um, that game really causes a lot of or uh, creates a lot of great conversations um, around it. Like brings up some really uh, serious topics that I, I've been enjoying discussing with the chat. Uh, and then after that, I don't know what I'm doing. Sounds like probably I got to do Kaito's DLC from uh, Judgment. So that seems like what I'm doing. Thanks for watching. Awesome. Rami, do some shout outs. I'm still shocked about the Ukraine game. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, as always, it was fun being here. Uh, appreciate you having me. Appreciate chat for always being good sport and for listening to me rant about video game industry nonsense for which there is eternal, eternal amounts. Uh, if you want to follow me, do that in other places as well. You can do that on Twitter, T H A underscore Rami. Uh, and otherwise I'll just, I'll be back here at some point. If you know, after this, after this last thing, they invite me back ever. Yeah, you say that every time. I mean, I'm worried every time. <laughs> you keep getting invited. After the special operation, war, the country of a united and strong people, they sent a spy in order to destroy all the invaders, terrorists, and the main dictator, Pootler. Let the cute and beautiful spy find the old runes of the invaders and find the main secret of Pootler's strength and long life. Available now on Steam. I, my my chat is going to make me play this. You know that, right? Well, we'll find out more. Man, that's going to be a shocker for Co. Next it's week. Been, it's been <laughs> developed. It's been developed by a company called Who We Are Games, and I feel like somehow that's a very I don't, appropriate name, Zeke. I don't Their think, previous. I don't think you can play it, Zeke, on stream. Oh no! Okay. It, it says eighteen plus adults only. Uh, yep. Yeah, well, darn it! I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna taunt that bear again. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, for me. Their uh, their previous game was called Hitler on the Moon. Weird. Let's go, dude. Let's Weird. just go. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm gonna. I usually like doing <laughs> deep dives on stuff, but I'm good with this one. Some parts of the games industry I don't have to know about. Oh, do they you... say how historically accurate it is? You okay? Uh. If you want to know what that game is, go ahead and Google <laughs> Hentai Mission Ukraine, and you can see some images. Uh, JP's face said more than enough for me. I'm my, good. My brain's a... Uh, hmm. <laughs> oh, no. What am I doing this week? I, I don't know anymore. I've, uh, I've seen so things sorry. that I can't I'm see so now. I'm so sorry. It was probably because the first word of that search was Hentai, and that probably really... Uh, you never really suspect it. It sneaks up on you. And when it does, man, captivating. I mean, I hope, you, I hope you did like a VPN or a, or a private search or something oh, I'm like on that. A list. Like, oh. Different yeah, list than my list. You know, but... list you want to be on, probably. Yeah. Tune in next week. No. We'll see if I'm a VTuber. <laughs> Gonna be great. Gonna be great. I think I'm doing Final Fantasy 14 on Tuesday, and we'll see where the rest of the week goes. MCU crew tomorrow. We'll talk about Moon Knight. That's that's it. I got nothing. Jesus. Christ. See you next week. We're out. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Rami, thanks for coming on. Love to have you. We'll see you on uh, the 1st or the 2nd of May. We'll do some, uh, some sports, as they say. Nintendo yeah, sports. It'll be a good time. We're out. Have a good one. Bye-bye.